0: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Young Lion King, Carl Fredericks, and you're listening to Keeping It Strong Style. Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Jeremy Dahlman here with the young boy Josh Smith. On today's show, we'll be discussing last week's press conference, Today's Together Project Special, New Japan Cup, and all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network and keeping it strong style on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all of our podcasts and columns over at socialsuplex.com. Check out our Pro Wrestling Tea store, prowrestlingtees.com slash socialsuplex. That's where you can get your official keeping it strong style t-shirt if you enjoy this podcast please consider making a one-time or monthly donation by visiting socialsuplex.com donate and clicking on the donate button under the keeping it strong style logo this week's episode is brought to you by manscaped who was best and men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Get 20% off and a free shipping with the code SUPLEX at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code SUPLEX.
0: That's S-U-P-L-E-X
1: young boy we back new japan is back full time baby sort of sort of yes (laughs) but back we 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 have shows to review we have shows to preview we have predictions to do uh we have actual matches to talk about storylines predicaments all that Good stuff and so if you've been listening You know originally we, we've been doing This voting gimmick on the show the last few Weeks and we were going to have uh, Rich Latta on here and The, the, the poll was going to be um, elite Members and we were going to continue On with our series but Last week we had the big press conference that uh, That happened Launching New Japan back In action so we are back To full coverage of Shows, reviews, previews breaking down everything that's going on in New Japan.
0: You know, my main man uh Sukabayashi said, eh eh <laughs> not happening that way. I <laughs> will tell you what, I I am very excited, uh, and I'm glad to, you know, be back to the standard format. But honestly, our show's fine. Uh even though like there was definitely a learning curve with, you know, everything going on with COVID and everything else, all the turmoil in the world everything of that nature, but Ultimately, there's so much great content from New Japan. We could have just kept
1: rolling on. We could have gone a whole year. We probably would have been totally fine. We had a list of poll themes that (laughs) are probably never going to be touched now. (laughs) Yeah, we were ready for for the rest of the year. Uh, But, yeah, and I want to give a shout out to everybody that's reached out and who who have been enjoying our show's uh, final countdown series we did and then the specialty series we've done with uh, AJ Styles, Shibata, and Nakamura – um, so, yeah, everybody was was digging those shows.
0: Yeah, those deep dives were cool. But, uh, you know, ultimately, who I am glad for is the fans and, you know, uh, everyone that is invested in New Japan Pro Wrestling as a, uh, you know, as a form of entertainment and the wrestlers and the performers and the actual, you know, um, New Japan itself. Like, that's what I'm, you know, happy about. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Just kind of looking at, yeah, I've got the poll list, like, here in front of me. Like, a couple of the different, like, topics that we were, like, could have gone with. We never even got a chance to touch. It's, like, the Three Musketeers, the New Japan Dads, obscure championships, rarities in New Japan, foreign monsters, U.S. partnerships, 80s feuds, other titles from other promotions in New Japan, (laughs) (laughs) betrayals, Controversial IWGP Champions, Alter Egos, Masked Wrestlers, Greatest IWGP Title Reigns, The One Club, Black Champions, British Champions, Latino <laughs> Champions, Most Failed IWGP Challenges, Most Tokyo Domain Events, Wrestler of the Year, NJPW Aces, Antonio Inoki, just him, just literally, Inoki. <laughs> <laughs> Junior and Heavy Champions, Greatest IWGP Tag Title Holders greatest junior tag title holders junior heavyweight mount rushmore greatest never openweight champions and the greatest u.s title holders so i mean like literally we could have gone forever doing the format of the show you know and i'm sure in some at some point in some iteration maybe we'll get to do some of that stuff you know just depending uh on everything but i'm so glad that you guys have chosen to st- stick with this show and i'm so glad to uh you know to be discussing New Japan Pro Wrestling once again
1: and yeah I'm happy. Yeah man this is going to be great. I'm so excited so fired up to talk about New Japan and what's going on. So like I mentioned we had the press conference last Tuesday with special broadcast that was on New Japan World and YouTube.
0: Bro, we were like when we when we
1: saw that they were going to be having the uh
0: the press conference. I was like last week I was like should we because we recorded early? Keep you, you know, keep in mind. I was like, should we jump on like and do a quick little, you know, something, something now that the news has dropped? Jeremy's like, nope, we're gonna go full throttle next week.
1: Now, <laughs> all right, <laughs> yeah, I, I just didn't expect it to be like so soon. <laughs> I had, yeah,
0: I mean. Who knows? Like we we'd heard some rumblings. Like we knew that they were doing, and we'll get into the, the reports here. Obviously, everyone kind of knows. We had heard rumblings that they were doing back to back nights in uh, Osaka Joe Hall, but we weren't really privy to the fact of anything else that you know these announcements would really entail. So it was kind of kind of shocking.
1: Right. Yeah. So yeah, they had a special uh, press conference last week, airing on New Japan World YouTube, and they officially announced the return to action with a series of nine events to air without fans in attendance on NJPW World. Obviously, which started today, June fifteenth. They announced this special mystery together project, um, which happened today. They announced New Japan Cup twenty twenty, which will be held across eight nights as NJPW. W World Specials and with an open weight field for the first time in tournament history With the winner being granted opportunity at the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Champion Tetsuya Naito uh, Tournament will start on June 16th with the finals in the Naito title match happening When NJPW returns to a live audience July 11th and 12th With a limited crowd in Osaka Joe Hall for Dominion So there's going to be one third capacity for both of those shows um, And then we have some notes here from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter On c- some of the procedure that's going to be going down with this return So uh, it says here that staff and wrestlers have all been subject to antibody testing And venues have been carefully prepared for a return to action um, the, the events for the Hokkaido Tour uh, have been cancelled um, As New Japan uh, plans to continue to run steady Uh, All wrestlers and staff working the shows, they have to take their temperatures when they wake up and again before they go to bed and log the information and present it to the company, as well as the log of all the people they're in physical contact with. Any COVID-19 symptoms will result in a a quarantine period. There will be limited staff and press at the shows this month. Nobody with a fever above 99.5 or anyone with any symptoms that correlate with the virus will be allowed in the building. Everyone must sign a legal paper that they are complying with the directives. For fans at the Osaka shows, they are mandating masks, be warned, temperature checks at the door, and fans must submit their own contact details for their ticket stub with their phone or email. They are limited to contact with others in the building. Stay two meters apart if taking, uh, This is a key one. They ask to keep loud cheering to a minimum. So basically, the Osaka shows will have uh, not have significant crowd heat. There will be no autograph sessions or meeting greets. There will be a merchandise table, but they recommend uses of credit card rather than cash, and there will be a transparent shield in place. There will be no press interviews at shows, and all interviews will be done by New Japan official interviewers. Wrestlers must pack their own food instead of the usual catering backstage and bring the food with their names printed on the packages.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like they are, you know, taking a lot of precautions there. And so, just to kind of reiterate, like what the press conference said, pretty simple. The first night, which was earlier this morning, uh, we have the Together Project. It's a mystery show where they had what eight matches, something like that. Yep, yeah, like eight matches, and basically it's the same idea as uh, New Year's Dash we don't get to know what what's on the show before it actually happens it's you know pretty much uh you know given to us on the spot and then following that for the next eight nights we get the new japan cup culminating in the finals which would take place on july 11th in a uh you know one-third audience um osaka joe hall and then the finals uh, uh, whoever wins the finals will get their title shot the next night on July 12th against Tetsuya Naito. Um, along with this, they did announce that for most of the evenings when we have, um, uh, new Japan cup action, that there'd be special, like secret special matches, um, along the way, which they haven't really, they hadn't, uh, some of them were like singles matches, I believe, or maybe not. I don't know. But uh, it's it, you know I have to imagine that a lot of those probably involve Tetsuya Naito since he's the champion he's on the tour right um, but that's pretty much it so we get the the mystery show the New Japan Cup and then the two nights in um, Osaka Hall with with limited crowd um, to crown the New Japan Cup winner and then the the title match for the for that same person
1: so I I know that we heard the rumblings of the back to back nights at Osaka Joe Hall but were you surprised just that the fact is it's going to be one third capacity.
0: Um, no, not at all. I mean, they're taking this pretty seriously. I, I'm surprised that they're having fans at all. Um, you know, a lot of these precautions that they're taking are great. The one thing, the one thing that I'm not seeing that New Japan has not said, and Dave hasn't reported it. They're doing antibody testing. They're doing temperature checks. They're doing record keeping. They're doing you know social distancing and everything of that nature. Where's the testing? Yeah, uh, it doesn't sound like they're doing the testing.
1: Yeah, I don't know if they're having issues getting holding of the, of the testing, or maybe just nobody's they just haven't reported that they're doing it. I, I don't know.
0: It's very strange. Um, I mean, I don't know that whether they can or can't get. Uh, you know, tests easily, but with everything that, you know, that's transpired over the past, what, since March, um, testing has been made so much more readily available in most places of the world. I'd, I'd have to imagine that they have more access, you know, now in what, June? Yeah. And yeah, more access in June than they did in March. Um, and I mean, at this point too, Japan has really gotten a good grasp on this thing. I think like over the past few days they had like, I don't know 33 new cases. We're talking nationwide. Um, you know, very few deaths. like it's it, it's very, very like low numbers at this point in comparison to say like, you know, Florida, we've got more <laughs> we've got more in Florida than all of Japan. It's kind of crazy uh, right now. Um, so yes, I don't know why they're not testing. I think that that's completely bizarre. And it makes me wonder, do they just not have access to it? Do do they think it's not needed? I mean, I don't know. That's very strange. Yeah, so... Because, I mean, everyone else is testing.
1: Yeah. Hopefully, they will be doing some testing in the next couple of weeks. Um, Yeah, we'll keep you updated if we hear anything or anything's reported.
0: I don't think they are. I don't know why. But, like, I, I wish someone would reach out and explain why they're not. Because they have been very clear in their press releases about the measures that they are taking and you know wrestling observer has done pretty diligent work here to to explain all the different uh measures they're taking there's a very i mean it's very obvious that they're not testing because they didn't mention it and they're not going to you know what i mean right like why, why go this in depth if you know strange
1: yeah very strange so yeah, hopefully yeah, some more information will come out on that. Maybe somebody can interview Sugabeyashi or some Harold May and kind of get the, the details behind that.
0: Uh, as far as the rest of the um, you know the announcements, I was extremely shocked. I had no idea that they would be doing the New Japan Cup. Uh, you know, I feel bad that we were so dismissive to so many uh listeners questions who were like do you think they could rework these brackets do you think they might still do it and I was like nah kid that time has passed <laughs> well well to
1: to be fair I mean we weren't completely dis- dismissive and I, I think we we, get, we got a mini victory lap here you know for weeks we were getting people asking us how do you think New Japan's going to come back what would you do for your first shows and several times we said why not start off with some kind of mystery show like New Year's Dash or you have, you have a New Year's Dash type of show where you have some multi-mans. You kind of reset everything and you kind of build to what, what's ever next. We also mentioned it'd be great to start off with a tournament because the stories are in the tournament. They're, they're, they're fighting for yeah. something. Um, so we didn't specifically say New Japan Cup or Together Project Special, but I mean, we're pretty kind of spot on with kind of how they're starting.
0: Yeah, so that that part we were accurate about, uh, which is great, uh, you know, th- just the fact that we we mentioned it would be a great idea for them to raise the stakes, add some meaning and significance to the matches by doing a tournament, and then, you know, I think literally every time someone asked me what my idea would be, I, I always pretty much just said, like, do New Year's Dash, but just do a reset, uh, which uh, is... Now, I'll, I'll be honest. This wasn't quite what I had in mind, to be honest with you. We'll do the review of the show here. But I when I said that, I kind of literally meant do New Year's Dash.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like big, big, hot angles.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was thinking like, you know, like f- new starts, fresh returns, new angles, new rivalries, you know, at the whole nines. This was uh, like a baby version of that, which is fine. But um, yeah, but we. I think we kind of just thought like you know we're hoping to get you know super juniors which uh, we don't know that you know the the status on that at all yet but it, just the fact that we got New Japan Cup leaves me being pretty optimistic about that idea because I th- I had resigned myself to thinking like we just weren't getting New Japan Cup this year
1: yeah I I didn't know what we were getting and I think it's great they're doing New Japan Cup and with the Hokkaido tour now being canceled. And they're kind of being a gap now between Dominion and G1. They they have time to squeeze in the Best of Super Juniors in between that gap. So I'm hoping that's the game plan after Dominion.
0: Well, yeah, because, I mean, technically this is repli- what we're uh, going through right now. This is the replacement for Dominion, correct?
1: Well, so I'm trying to think. So Dominion would have that's been— how they that's Ju- how they announced it. Yeah, Dominion would have been June 19th. And I'm sure there would have been road to shows, road to Dominion kind of shows leading up. So this is probably that's this that tour.
0: Yeah, I think when when they said the 11th and the 12th were pretty much gonna, you know, be the replacement, or the July 11th and July 12th shows were gonna be the replacement for what would have been Dominion, basically, right? You know, so um, yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, some very surprising things here, like you mentioned open weight. So we've got the inclusion of not only multiple, uh, junior heavyweight wrestlers, also the inclusion of, uh, multiple, um, young lion, uh, participants as well. So we've got a good mix of, you know, stars, veterans, heavyweights, juniors, and young lions kind of comprising this, uh, this mix here. And I think one of the things that was most surprising – and we'll talk about it in a bit – the bracket is essentially the exact same brackets that we had gotten in the earlier part of the year. The only difference is uh, when res- for the wrestlers that were unable to be a part of uh, the New Japan Cup this year, you know, uh, many of the uh, foreign talent who are still stuck overseas and can't make it for these shows, um, they were just replaced with other wrestlers.
1: Right. And so we've seen, you know, guys in town like Will Ospreay, Jay White, Juice Robinson, David Finley, a lot of those guys. Uh, with Will and Juice, they do live in Japan now, but they decided to go back to their home countries um, during the pandemic. So that's why they're not there. And I'm assuming Kenta has to be in the U.S. because he's one um, Japanese talent that's not in the tournament that was originally scheduled. Um, so these guys, yeah, they're, they're kind of stuck due to the travel ban. There's rumors that they might not get back into the country until October um, that's crazy yeah (laughs) um so i'm not sure hopefully they'll be able to get in sooner than that um and even if they would would be able to get in they would still have to do a a two-week quarantine um before they can you know kind of get back to action
0: so i mean that that uh change really even though you know in theory it might sound like oh they're doing the exact same tournament the same bookings but when you look at uh the very significant changes that were made by the inclusion of the juniors and the inclusion of the young lines it, it really drastically changes the uh, trajectory and the booking outcome of the new Japan Cup plus the immediate consequences in that like normally if you were gonna um, book something out you kind of have, you know Sakura Genesis, and then you kind of have Dantaku, and then you kind of have the Super Juniors, and then you can get to Dominion, and we're kind of nixing a lot of those major shows and major angles, and kind of just uh, squashing everything together. So that really does actually change uh, in my mind, and I think for, for in the minds of a lot of people, the potential booking of the the young or of the New Japan Cup in general.
1: Right. Yeah. It's yeah definitely more intriguing. Um, with these, with the young lines and the junior heavyweights in here, and you know, an open weight tournament, it's it's going to be very cool to see how everything plays out. Absolutely.
0: Um, so, what what uh, take us to the next step?
1: You know, what you'd like us to talk about here. So we're going to talk about the Together Project Special, which aired live this morning. And I watched the Together Project Special using the NJPWEXT, the only browser extension for njpwworld.com. Has features like dark mode, improved translations and layouts, custom and shared playlists, synchronized viewing parties, and much, much, much more. It takes NJPW World to the next level. Visit njpwext.us today for details yeah if
0: you're uh, you know if you're just watching on like your firestick app or something of that nature, trust me, you're doing yourself a disservice. you want to be watching new Japan with the new japan w extension and extension like it it makes a world of difference honestly,
1: yeah and, and one of the great features um if you i think it's a part of the patreon features and actually it might be a free feature. I'm not hundred percent sure, but there's, there's a spoiler free feature where mm. you can so for example sometimes new japan will throw up like the winner on a graphic slide on new japan world you log in you get spoiled you use a spoiler free mode with the extension you don't have to worry about that it blurs out the images on the slider and you can watch spoiler free
0: absolutely yeah I, that's a that's a key feature and i you know there's nothing worse worst there's nothing worse than um you know staying off twitter staying off instagram staying at a group chats whatever you know it is the internet in general just so you can watch these events spoiler free and then you you fire up your uh you know new japan world and then bam right there naito (laughs) holding holding two belts and now wrestle kingdom is meaningless for you
1: (laughs) Yeah, so definitely uh, check out the extension. A lot of great features there to enhance your New Japan watching experience. So yeah, let's talk about this Together Project show here that happened uh, this morning here. So kicked off, we had a great video package talking about the return of New Japan.
0: Before we talk about that, let I want to ask you, what were your general emotions, thoughts, and feelings and expectations You know, going into this?
1: Uh, well, I was very excited, um, you know, we, we've had we've had our AEW, we've had our, our WWE, and uh, but we needed our New Japan, so I was just very excited that New Japan was back, and I was just curious to see, like, I had no idea what exactly would it would look like, but I was very curious, and I mean, we we speculated for months now what Empty Arena New Japan would look like, and I, I think it kind of turned out similar to kind of what I was thinking, with the action being so much focused. In the ring, it was in a smaller arena, uh, really kind of compact stage and set up there, and everything was really focused in, in the ring.
0: Yeah, I would like to know where they hosted this because it's kind of a mystery. I don't even know where they're doing the recordings. But, um, you know, I'll tell you this the I was just so anxious over the past like 24 hours, especially after watching that. Uh, That backlash
1: (laughs) pay-per-view After we watched the greatest wrestling match ever
0: It is a pretty good match though (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, it wasn't the greatest wrestling match ever, honestly But um, yeah, after we watched that, I was like, God, I just can't wait for New Japan But like, I was really, really, really excited I also was like, I am curious, like you mentioned I don't know what to expect Um, You know, I'm just hoping that it's really good and so, you know, we finally got a chance to watch it today. And um, I thought the stage setup was awesome. Yes. Um, I, I think I like the setup of this uh, and the look of, of you know, what they're doing here a little bit better than any of the other setups that I've seen, including um, AEW and, and WWE.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like just how, like, it was small, but at the same time still kind of like big in a way
0: I, I think it was the production values like it was kind of minimalistic in that they didn't overdo it with the lighting they didn't make the stage and and the background like this big prominent thing they also didn't make it look dinky or rinkidink. you know it still was very smooth uh well lit uh it, i think it was great that there wasn't like a bunch of empty chairs to kind of remind you of what's going on it was kind of just very intimate, closed off. It kind of reminded me of, like, uh, Shijuku Face slightly, in a mm, way. Yeah. Uh, um, but, yeah, I think they they did a great job as far as, like, the, the background. And then the, the big thing is that um, the, the main entrance of the stage had a large screen, um, like, LED display, which New Japan is not really known for that sort of thing, unless it's a really big show, honestly. Most of the time, it's just... You know a line mark curtain <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah you
0: know yeah maybe like a little a little uh metal like rafter or something like that i don't know like a, a little entrance way it's not it, but they're like they went full out here and that kind of added a little bit of the atmosphere to, to everything as well
1: right i mean i know that they have like titan tron videos but i feel like i i really kind of pay attention to actually what the wrestlers like entrance videos were
0: yeah yeah i think this is like one of the first times i got to like actually watch the videos instead of like in cork and hall they like put it on a projector up on that one little screen (laughs) at the top of the building yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so that was cool um but yeah that the, the beginning of the show was really great like you mentioned you know um i thought that the production video was really good um We've had so many commercials over the past, you know, few months that were like, our friends here at Modelo <laughs> care about you and your loved ones and yada, yada. But it seems like, you know, ever since everything, you know, kind of kicked off with George Floyd and everything like that, we've kind of been getting a little less of those types of commercials. <laughs> I don't know. Something's going on. Uh, but this was so. This kind of like was the you know the first time that we got like something big like that from New Japan and you know them kind of just showing like what happened with COVID and you know why they had to shut down and for 110 days and what they were doing in the meantime to kind of like uh, you know prepare for the comeback and then you got to see like all the fans and the wrestlers and you know the videos and the different little projects they've been doing and I thought it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, they, were have, they had fans submit videos um, on social media, and they, they compiled those videos together. So we saw people from all over the world. We saw people from the U.S., Japan, uh, all over um, yeah. sharing their excitement for the return of New Japan.
0: I saw some familiar faces, people we've met at meetups and, you know, different wrestling events across the country, uh, even here in the States. Uh, Jeremy, let me ask you, uh, why, were, why were you not selected when you put in your, your mark
1: video? Well, I, I would have had to have done a Mark video. <laughs> I know
0: for a fact that you did a Mark video. Why wasn't it selected?
1: <laughs> I, I I did think about doing one, but I I don't know. I just didn't get around to it. Bro, that was that was our opportunity,
0: our one shot to be featured on NJPW.
1: <laughs> well, we're we're actually already featured on NJPW World with the uh the met the the Liger stuff from Madison Square Garden in New York. Uh, I don't. Th- I don't think that ever made it on New Japan World, well, did it? The full interview is not on there, but they show clips of like Liger when he was talking to Karen, and me, you, and Rich are there, right front and center. Oh, on, really? Yeah, on NJPW World, and also you can see my hand during the Dallas press conference because I was like <laughs> right by the camera during the press conference. So we, we have a little little presence on NJPW World.
0: Well, we needed the free uh, publicity. I wish they would. I wish we would have you know done a high. You know, high level production. You know, video. We probably got selected.
1: Well, you should have done the video. You're the, you're the promo man now. Um, you should have cut cut a promo and got on there.
0: I only cut promos when I have legitimate heat. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So the the product the video was great, and then to start off the show, we had a, a lot of the Sekigoon, you know, army kind of come out. You know, the young lions uh everyone was in line mark shirts you know uh was there tanahashi suji abushi you know all the players and uh the one unfortunate thing is you know due to the travel restrictions and, and time differences we don't have any english commentary and we don't have chris charlton to translate so we're kind of back in 2015 at this point like you know uh for better or for worse i'm watching these shows and i'm like don't know what they're saying i he sounds like he he's being real positive and speaking a lot of positivity <laughs> into the world.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I, I was hyped, though. Like, I, I didn't even care. I wasn't understanding. I was just so hyped that they were there and there was something going on. Um, and, and we'll talk about the Japanese commentary going forward. But, yeah, I, I thought they did a great job with the commentary and just uh, keeping things lively, even with uh, no crowd there.
0: Yeah. Um, so the, the show starts off. We get the, uh, you know... Traditional announcement of the card before the show starts, just like a New Year's Dash, which is one of my favorite things at New Year's Dash. When they like tell you the whole rundown, you're like, "Oh, getting yeah. that? That's like, <laughs> pretty cool." Yeah. Um, they did the rundown here, and I was like, uh, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> like the one match that I popped for is, I was like, "Oh, we getting Suji and Gabriel kid? Oh yeah." <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
1: So yeah, let's talk about this card. And yeah, that was the opening contest. Young Lion action. felt so great to hear that Young Lion's march, both the, the LA Dojo version and the New Japan version. So we had Yota Sushi from the New Japan Dojo taking on Gabriel Kidd representing the LA Dojo.
0: Um, I wouldn't go as far as to say that this was the match of the night, but if someone made that argument, I honestly wouldn't like... Argue with them too much. Um, I thought that this was very compelling and had a great story. And um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Suji and Gabriel Kidd.
1: Yes, I enjoyed this match also. This was a great opener. Both these guys look really well. I mean, Suji's just looking thick, man. Thick with two Suji's feet.
0: huge right now.
1: Yes, uh, dude. Don't show him to Vince. Snatch that man up. Uh, and Gabriel Kid was looking in great shape as well. And yeah, both these guys just. Kicked off the show really well, and clearly, like you mentioned, great story. Gabriel Kidd being the lesser experienced guy in the New Japan system. We, we've talked about his uh, history on the Indies and in, in the UK, but as far as being a dojo young lion, uh, Suji is his superior, and, and he's a bigger man. So he's fighting from underneath. He's the, under, uh, the inexperienced one as far as the style goes, and he tried, had to come over try to overcome Suji.
0: Uh, Gabriel Kidd, for some reason, was giving me a lot of Kyle Riley vibes during this match, just mm. like
1: his facials
0: and everything of that nature. Uh, But yeah, I thought the match was really good. Um, One thing I noticed right out the gate was how vocal both of them were. And that's something that would kind of be a constant theme all throughout the the night. Uh, You know, one big difference with New Japan's uh, show is we have no crowd. Uh, And I think that that's been one of the things where almost, even WWE included, almost all the other major companies um, that are doing empty arena wrestling to a high degree have kind of started to do crowds including like even a lot of the other japanese companies uh and in this case new Japan's not doing that so i think one of the lessons that these guys learned was you know noise matters there's no audience participation so you got a lot of vocal emotion and emoting from the wrestlers all throughout and uh i thought sujin gabriel kid did a great job of that, not overdoing it, uh, just, uh, the perfect right amount. And like you mentioned the story of Suji, um, you know, kind of being the bigger, stronger, more experienced guy. Uh, you know, I was very impressed with Suji because there's a lot of people, we'll talk about him on the show that I feel like during quarantine might've let themselves go just a little bit. <laughs> um, Suji didn't look like that at all. He looks to be bigger, but in great shape, and he's wrestling better than he was prior to the COVID outbreak, which was something that we were kind of critical about.
1: Yeah, we were very critical on some of Suji's performances, but yeah, I thought he he looked great here, um, and yeah, both these guys were just very hard hitting action. You know, also one thing with no crowd, you really hear those strikes. They were laying them in, kind of echoing echoing out through the arena. Um, And then the commentary was turned up pretty well. You know, we had Liger and Milano on commentary and their commentary was pretty loud and they had a lot of energy um, and brought a lot of energy to the match as well. I would go
0: even as far as to say maybe the most energetic sounding uh, commentary team during the pandemic that I've heard, uh, which was necessary. Like we needed something to kind of fill those empty spaces and fill the void and tell the story. And like, I didn't understand what they were saying, but like, you know, for instance, rewatching this with Kevin Kelly may be better, but maybe worse, you know? Uh, now he might be able to explain the story a little bit better. And for some Western audience that might be necessary and helpful, but you know, I don't know if he has an, anyone else that's going to be doing the commentary with him. I have a feeling that they won't be, and so it's going to be hard for him to kind of replicate what the Japanese commentary team was doing in the sense that when there is empty space and everything, he's going to have to kind of be the color and the play-by-play guy with a high energy level, which isn't always his style. So I'm wondering if that's going to lead to uh, more of a slog or a bore when you're wa- when you're re-watching the, the show or – you know, how that's gonna just change the dynamics overall, I guess. Yeah,
1: it'll be very interesting. I mean, uh, Kevin Kelly does a great job, and he he's done several solo shows before, and even in, in Ring of Honor, he's done several like, solo shows as well. Um, but I do know what you're talking about. A lot of times, especially when it's these kind of dubbed over shows, um, it, it might he might not be as high energy as if he was doing it live in the building. Um,
0: well, it's not even just that. It, it's because of the circumstances,
1: um, no crowd, no
0: audience, you need a high-energy commentator. And as great as he is, and we've always said, I think that Kevin Kelly is one of the best in the world. I just wonder how he, you know, I know he's done uh, solo shows before, but not quite like this. So I am wondering how, how he kind of uh, tackles, you know, the, uh, you know, the situation at hand, I suppose.
1: Yeah. But yeah, this is opener, very well wrestled, great story, um, Suji ends up picking up the win here. He hits a, a spear and locks in the Boston Crab to submit Gabriel Kidd.
0: Yeah, and th- this Boston Crab, uh, he locked it in. Gabriel Kidd almost fought out of it, and then he pulled him to the center and then wrenched back on it, almost like he was going to do a line tamer. But then he just started jumping with it, uh, which is interesting because Oka um, used to jump with his, but his was more of like a traditional. He would just wrench it all the way back and then just – like kind of bounce yeah uh, uh this was a little more like he was getting some air <laughs> <laughs> like Suji was getting a lot of air and like really coming down gabriel kid i was like oh that looks awful and uh yeah gabriel Kidd. uh obviously he um submits both of these guys are in the new Japan cup uh, you know uh going forward so suji gets some much needed momentum going into that tournament um which is great for him and then Gabriel Kidd on the other side has, you know, to kind of work his way back and prove why he belongs there. And so he, he's got a minor setback, you know, just, you know, the eve before the tournament starts.
1: Yeah. So moving on to the next matchup, we had El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru taking on the team of Tomohiro Ishii and Yamura
0: ishii jr run
1: i've been talking about this for years <laughs> young boy you've willed it into existence tomohiro ishii in the ring with three other juniors
0: i i've been talking about this for so freaking long oh my god i'm ready for it bro dude I, and he, he needs to do it he needs to, bro i've been saying for a long time like dude everyone knows like ishii is just a junior right and no one believed me they're like, what are you talking about? That's Big Tomohiro Ishii. What? You- <laughs> Dude,
1: Desperado was towering over this man.
0: Desperado, bro, bro, he was he was not the biggest man in the tournament, even though we're in the uh, in this match, even though he was a heavyweight. He's literally the same size as all three of these dudes. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, I've been saying it for a long time, but uh. Yeah. So this match, uh, very interesting. I had, uh, high expectations. Uh, you know, the setup of this match basically is in the tournament, we have Desperado and Ishii going one-on-one round one, and then Kanemaru will be facing Gyuya Yamura, uh, uh, in round one as well. So we kind of have a little preview match here. And that's kind of what all these matches are going to wind up being for the rest of the, uh, the night, our preview matches. So Kind of an interesting dynamic here. Plus, you have Ishii being a chaos member, teaming up with Young Lion, and all throughout the match, he kind of didn't show very much uh, care or sympathy for Yuuimura's <laughs> like health or well-being, like whatsoever. Nah. These guys were not on the same page.
1: Yeah, not at all. Yeah, Ishii was just trying to do his thing and it was kind of like staring there when Imura was, was getting uh, whooped on.
0: <laughs> Bro, you know, you know what Ishii was trying to do?
1: Trying to trying smash. To smash. <laughs> Uh, and of course With any Suzuki Gun match We had a jump start from the bell uh, Both these teams running As soon as, as the bell rang And the, the story here You know you have obviously the experienced Heavyweight division wrestler Ishii um, He's in there You know battling Desperado and Kanamaru, But then when you have Yumura in there he's a young lion And yumora's kind of getting overwhelmed By the antics of Desperado And Kanamaru and the experience of That's brought on Kanemaru at the team.
0: And you know what? Interestingly enough, I kind of think Ishii was to a a degree as well. Yeah. Um, That was the one interesting – the very interesting part of this match was, you know, uh, you kind of always expect there to be somewhat of a formula when it comes to Young Lion tag team matches when they're teaming with a veteran. And not saying that this one uh, got away from it too much because it pretty much followed the pattern. But the big thing that was different and what I think is smart here is Ishii was also made to look very vulnerable in this match just due to the fact that Kanemaru and Desperado are so good at what they do as a heel tag team. You know, they cut off the ring. They got, I think they got a double heat segment. They got one on Yui Yamura and one on Ishii. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, it's almost like Southern style. And um, every time one of these guys try to tag in, they go, you know, Desperado or Kanemaru go to the outside and grab the other guy, you know, the the, the non legal participant off of the apron and keep him from tagging in. And um, they really just like kind of worked these boys when it came to <laughs> tag team wrestling.
1: Yeah. And oh, go ahead. I was say, yeah. I, th- I thought it was great that they had Desperado and Kanemaro getting so much offense in on Ishii because it kind of helps you set the table for this new Japan Cup. You're going to have a lot of open weight matches and to see a heavyweight take a lot of offense from a junior kind of lets you think, all right, like these juniors are going to get offense in on these, these matches against heavyweights in the tournament.
0: Um. So in a vacuum, I agree with you, but in my long-term projections of Ishii winning the New Japan, or the... Uh, you know, the best of the super juniors and then holding the IWGP junior heavyweight championship. I don't know if it's so great for him to be selling so much for these guys. <laughs> I kind of imagined him coming into this division sort of like, like Pac when he went into 205 live, <laughs> you know, I see him as a Shingo type figure. Like mm. I don't, I don't think he should be getting beat by Desperado and Kanemaru. I mean, come on. This this man went life and death with Kenny Omega (laughs) Yeah he did (laughs) Um, But no you're absolutely right You know that's something that sometimes uh, You know um, speaking of which You know you've got like A long time experienced tag team in WWE Getting beat in a handicap match By their world champion Uh, Not the first time they've ever done that before (laughs) Right So you know ultimately You know it's very common over there that tag teams get beat by stars or two stars get put together and they beat you know long-standing tag teams and that's the one good thing here in this match is you know you've got desperado kanemaru long time very seasoned tag team and you know they 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 had their scares but ultimately they knew what they needed to do to get past ishii and Yuyamura, and they did it you know pretty effectively
1: yeah, coming to the end, Desperado uh, hit a spare on Yamora and then got him in the stretch muffler for a submission win.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that was to be expected. You know, Young Lions in the match, obviously, he's the pin eater. He's going to take that pin. But, uh, you know, prior to that happening, it wasn't a situation. I guess what was, what, what was so shocking to me is usually the way these matches will go is the uh, – the more seasoned uh, wrestler will be running roughshod over the guys, have everything you know handed pretty well, and then the fiery young babyface is like just dying to be included and get tagged in, and then ultimately that's the downfall and that's why they lose. Here it wasn't like that. Ishii was getting his ass beat.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it was like the hot tag. Like he he needed to get out of there. It and des- he had to get out of there. Yeah, it was desperation tag.
0: <laughs> it was a desperation tag that led to them losing. So they were beating both these guys' ass, which I, I don't know if anyone else, I'm glad you picked up on that. I didn't, I didn't hear anyone else really talking about that. And I was like, man, Ishii just got beat. And it's smart because Desperado picks up the uh, submission win here. And um, he's going to be facing off Ishii first round. I think there's a lot of people who normally would, give Ishii the nod here, but then when you see Desperado next to him, you see the size comparison, and then you kind of see the results of this match, they really made him look strong, and it's
1: like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Desperado was looking in great shape. I know when he first came back from the broken jaw, he looked a little bit thicker than usual, but he, he looked great in this match. Oh, no, you didn't think he looked kind of puffy in this match? No, uh, th- the abs were showing, he was, looking, he was looking huge, he was looking vascular.
0: Mm, okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that's what that's what i thought anyway
0: no 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 i i hey that's your opinion I, <laughs> I i i'm not sure like i think he is looking bigger though for sure like he doesn't look like junior dust broad anymore it did make me kind of wonder like he was kind of reminding me of Taguchi in a way i'm like is he really even a junior at this point <laughs> yeah we- like
1: we need to call up our friend Aaron Nova. We need to get the scale out. We need to start weighing <laughs> these boys on camera.
0: Yeah, we've got a we've got a friend who uh, has a gimmick. When it you know he's a junior, he'll be wrestling other juniors, and he'll you know basically say the commissions are lying. You know, there's a conspiracy afoot. These guys are not juniors. They're not cruiserweights, and then try to make them get on the scale. Yes, <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shout out to, to the captain, Aaron Nova. Uh, so, uh, any other thoughts on this tag match up here?
0: Um, uh, so, the, the only thing is, um, I will be honest, I kind of felt like it dragged a bit. Uh, I thought it was a good match. It, it wasn't like blow away, to be honest with you. And I think as we... Can, this is just my opinion. I don't know if you feel the same way. I think that that's pretty much going to be my assessment of most of the matches going forward.
1: For the most part, yeah. You know,
0: um, I was kind of just... Interested to see what kind of gear these guys go into. Not expecting them to go into super high gear, but you know, with this moment kind of being like a special moment, them kind of returning and gearing up for the tournament. I was like, are we just going into straight road to mode? Which is what I think pretty much did happen here. Um, you know, is this going to be these guys kind of just working things out, getting the rust off, and you know, just kind of uh, giving us little previews, or are we going to get a little something more? You know, to kind of sink yeah. our teeth into a little wrinkle going into the tournament. And for the most part, uh, aside from like the opener and the uh, the close, I think most of these matches were kind of just by the numbers. But I did like this match just in the fact that they kind of threw us a little, you know, unexpected storytelling element and that Ishii kind of got beat up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very very interesting there. So, uh, moving on to the next tag match, we had the Bullet Club team of Yujiro Takahashi, Taiji Ishimori, Gato, and Jado taking on the team of Roki Goto, Toru Yano, Tomioka Hanma, and Yoshihashi. Uh,
0: one thing I do want to point out, so all throughout this show, I had my new gear alert eye spectacles on, uh, just to kind of see, you know, because I think that that's very telling, you know. Uh, some guys, new gear... Big tournament. Gotta wonder what they're dressing up so fancy for, you know? Get that push. <laughs> and uh, I think the first real, um, you know, indication here was once I saw uh, Bone Soldier Taiji Ishimori. He's got a new entrance gear. He's got a new mask. He's got a, a new a new gimmick, new setup, and then his whole gear is uh, updated as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, he came out here looking like Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle with the, with the helmet kind of gimmick that he had on. And, yeah, I really liked his, uh, his baby, new gear. Sh- baby
0: Shredder. <laughs> there, there was Baby Yoda last summer. Now it's Baby Shredder. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I, I liked his gear. Um, so, yeah, makes you think maybe he's going to get a little run here in this tournament.
0: Well, when you're looking at the guys on this Bullet Club team, that's got to be the case. You're looking at um, now. Keep in mind, all these gentlemen are going to be in the tournament. So you've got Ghetto and Jado, uh, who, which I cannot remember the last time either of them were in a tournament. I'm guessing it was probably like a Super Juniors, like three or four years ago. Um, and then yeah, and then you've got Yujiro Takahashi. So I mean, of all those guys, like if I was going to give the nod to someone who's got a a great chance of going far in this tournament. Taiji shimori has got to be that guy, and you know the gear kind of tells the story. Yeah. Um, on the other on the other side of things, I did notice Goto has some new gear. He's he's got, uh, but you know his with him it's kind of weird because you can't tell like. Like, cause it's Goto.
1: Right. <laughs> that man will, will go out, buy some fresh gear, and eat a L, <laughs> and do a smooth job. Yes. <laughs> oh so that
0: one, that one's not not so not so much. But uh, yeah, I thought this match was fine. Um, you know, I I don't know. Uh, what were your thoughts here?
1: Yeah, I thought was, it was a fine matchup. I mean, obviously, when you have Giotto and Gato <laughs> in a matchup, I'm not gonna expect anything grand. Um, who, who,
0: who do you think is worse at this point right now, Jado or Gato?
1: Oh, definitely Jado, hands down. Yeah. Like, yeah, just not in the best shape, moving around slow. Um, just, just not not crisp at all. Like Gato, I feel like still can still move around, can still do some stuff um, compared to Jado.
0: Yeah, I want someone to like help Jado out. Like, I care <laughs> about this dude. I want him. I saw these uh, uh, informational videos about the transformations that can occur when you do DDPY, and like, they really helped people. I wonder if like a regiment like that couldn't, you know, benefit Jado because I mean, he's looking rough right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, master. No, but in all seriousness, like, he's got a lot of time out of the ring. Obviously, he's not a, a you know regular competitor at this point. But he was moving around very stiffly, uh, and it does make me wonder: should he actually be wrestling at this point? Honestly,
1: yeah, I think you know they're they're pretty much using every domestic domestic talent they have available, and so I guess that they had to, they had a slot Jado in there.
0: All the guys that they have, I mean, I don't know. They could have called Sakamoto up. I didn't <laughs> see him in this. <laughs> 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 I don't. I don't see you know freaking, you know, anybody from NOAA or Big Japan, All Japan, like, come on. But, uh, no, I see what you're saying. But, uh, you know who kind of stood out to me in this match as being someone that, uh, kind of looked pretty good and was entertaining was Hanma. <laughs> 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 Trying to be positive here. Uh, you know, cause we, we give a lot of flack for Hanma, you know, still wrestling and everything, but, um, yeah, I thought his I th- I thought like I was seeing a little bit of the old Hamma uh, in this match for the first time in, in a while.
1: Yeah, Hama Mania was running wild. Uh, but I-, I did cringe when he went to the top and did the uh, Kokeshi from the from the actually I think he was from the middle rope. But still, doing that the Kokeshi from the middle rope was kind of cringe. Just knowing the history of his neck issues. Nah, he's
0: straight. But he missed. I I just cringed because he missed the move. If he would have landed it, it would have been game over for the Bull Club. <laughs> <laughs> Um so uh you know, Toriano's Toriano, uh, but I think the two guys on the um Sekigoon slash chaos side of things, what were your thoughts on Goto and Yoshihashi and you know, what are your kind of projections for them going into this?
1: Yeah, I thought Goto and Yoshihashi uh looked good in this match. Um, you know, Goto does normally does very well in tournaments, um, especially, you know, New Japan Cup. He has a history. He's won one of the, what, three of those.
0: He's won a lot. I think he's won the most New Japan Cups of anybody in history.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, they looked good. Um, kind of their their normal kind of offense, um, normal sequences. So I expect Goto, um, you know, he looking at his bracket, he's kind of in, in a weaker slotted bracket. He has an opportunity to go pretty far in the tournament if he gets out of his first matchup there uh and you know Yoshihashi's yoshihashi i don't I don't expect him to go deep in the tournament he might get an upset win uh maybe one or two, but I don't really expect him to go deep in this thing uh yano, uh was hilarious cracking me up it was it was good to get the yano antics and you know it, it did help with him just being so loud and so animated once again to kind of bring energy to the matchup and I popped for the spot where he has a turnbuckle and uh Jado has a kendo stick and they're like arguing yeah. to put put it down first.
0: That kind of was like the highlight of the match. Uh you know, so the highlight was uh a moment that was a comedy spot where no one was actually doing anything and it was just kind of, you know, comedic in a sense, so yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it came down to uh Yujiro and Hanma at the end and Yujiro was just Destroying this man, dropping this man yeah. on, on his neck so many times, hit him with that fisherman buster. Then uh, Jado hit Hanmo with the kendo stick in the back, and then Yudro hit the pip juice. One, two, three. Bullet Club gets to win here.
0: Yeah, ending this man's life. Uh, yeah, for sure. So I think going into the tournament, again, these were a lot of preview matches here. So, you know, we're, we'll see quite a few of these guys going head to head. Uh, in the next, uh, you know, coming days. Uh, After this match, we got a hype video, uh, which has been, you know, on New Japan World for a few days, and they replayed it here, and it is a vignette for the Grandmaster, who is coming.
1: Yes, Grandmaster coming soon. Uh, The video for this leaked out over the weekend. We retweeted that uh, promo video that they aired here on this show. And based off of – if you take a look at some of the still shots that came out this weekend, um, it, it looks like it could be Kawato. And we do have a, a few questions here about this video. Dude, that,
0: that still shot, that, the one still shot that, like, shows his chin and his mouth, it's, like, literally no one else looks like that in the <laughs> entire history of the human race. Like, <laughs> it is Harai Kawato, like, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Uh, if they, the only thing I, that, to me, at this point, if it ends up being someone else – I'm literally going to be like, well, it was going to be Kuwato, but then they listened to Keeping It Strong style. And we all figured it out so quickly that they're like, oh, we got to, we got to shift gears. We're going to make it somebody else.
1: Colin Oka,
0: and Colin <laughs> Chris Brooks.
1: <laughs> uh, everyone
0: thought you were going to be the uh, Death Rider. Yeah, we thought everyone thought you were going to be the Death Rider. No, nah, you the Grandmaster. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm very 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 confident to Harai Kawato.
1: Yeah, we have two questions here. Um, first, from Reddit user Hawaiian Punch BV: If the Grandmaster turns out to be Herai Kawato, what do you chart his career trajectory to be? Future junior ace since Kanemitsu is inactive slash retired. Who do you think would be a good arrival to Kawato?
0: Oh, uh, so yeah, great question. Um, as far as his career trajectory. Trajectory, I literally couldn't tell you. I mean, after seeing some of his work, uh, you know, in Mexico and CMLL and everything of that nature, I don't really know what to make of him, to be honest with you. Uh, I think it really just depends. I will say that this gimmick, whatever it may or may not be, it might be awesome, but it's not really jumping out to me as something that's going to, like, win the crowd over. Am I being too negative to.
1: No, honestly, yeah, because first of all, I hear the name Grandmaster, the only thing I can think about is Grandmaster Sexay um. Not me,
0: I, th- I think Grandmaster Flash <laughs> and the Furious Five <laughs>
1: <laughs> But yeah, I-, I see the promo video and the, and the name the Grandmaster, and right away I'm not really that intrigued about what this gimmick is going to look like or what exactly it's going to be um.
0: What if what if the grandmaster was like a black exploitation like nineteen sixties gimmick, sort of like the Mac or Superfly or something like that, and like they bring in like ACH or something, and he just like whoops everybody's ass, <laughs> and and it's like a cross between like those types of movies and like uh, the Last Dragon or something like that. that. That's what it should be. <laughs>
1: That'd be interesting, but yeah, I don't think uh, ACH is uh, gonna be making it over to Japan anytime soon. Uh, but yeah, I see. I'm not sure how this whole Grandmaster thing is gonna play out.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of like a lot of like um, I don't know, like kung fu films that I've seen over the years. You know, you see images of like this. Uh, I don't know, like
1: temple, ninja, ninja temple yeah, kind of thing.
0: Ninja temple. There's like a bunch of bamboo. The guy's, like, running around, and you're kind of like, all right, so you're going to bring in, like, a karate guy? I mean, a traditional, like, what is he going to be, like, a shalom monk? Is he going to be, like, a samurai? Like, what is this exactly going to be? I I hope it ends up being good, but I could see it, like, being, like, I don't, I don't know. I could see it not working out.
1: <laughs> right, well, you know, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender is on Netflix now. Maybe there's some inspiration there. Maybe he's going to be, like, the Avatar
0: it does kind of remind you of Avatar a little bit, or, I don't know, it kind of reminds me of, like, Ninja Scroll or something, <laughs> like, of that nature. So, I don't know. Um Kowato was a, was a very gifted and talented young, you know, young lion before he left, and, you know, was even regular, he was kind of like uh, Tanahashi's young boy, basically, at the time, and so it was kind of like, thought that, you know, he was seen as being the most promising guy of his class but you know and you can't judge anybody by their excursion because plenty of great wrestlers have had not so great excursions but i mean there's been very little of note that ever has occurred during his excursion even when they tried to push him or try to use him um over in mexico and there have been you know what's the word like inconsistencies as far as like People saying he was having trouble, like learning the style, having trouble learning to bass, things of that nature. So I don't know, maybe you know, but maybe he comes back and he's fantastic. I mean, I, I really couldn't chart his trajectory. I think he could be a future junior ace based on what we've seen in the past, but I just don't know enough yet.
1: So what, do, what about a rival? Who do you think he could, could be a rival for him?
0: I that's entirely dependent on who kind of gimmick they give him, you know Mm -hmm. I mean you know when they brought it's easy for us to lean back on the past when talking about bringing in guys that we're familiar with and yeah they've leaned into that a time or two but more often than not they bring guys in with a fresh slate I mean think about like Hiromu they brought him into you know feud with Kushida right out the gate you know so I mean who knows they can bring him in he could be feuding with Hiromu they could bring him in. He could be feuding with ELP. I don't really know, you know. Right. Or maybe they maybe they do try to match him up with like a Ren or, you know, an Oka or some guy from his generation. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I do think it's very interesting that these videos are happening and there hasn't been a Best of Super Juniors yet. So part of me is thinking, you know, the last couple of years we've been getting new debuts around Best of Super Juniors time. So I'm wondering if this is going to be the debut for this year. And is going to come back and debut in Best of Super Juniors.
0: It does feel like something that could lead to a Super Juniors announcement, which is one of the things that is very positive. I, and I think people would be very excited for a Grandmaster character. Now, here's one thing I could get with. What if the Grandmaster is a masked wrestler? Mm. Like an El Samurai or something like that. If, But they, they did show the guy's chin already, so I don't know. But I mean... We'll see what
1: happens. Yeah, we'll see. Um, similar question from EMJ Does PR in Discord. He says, let's speculate about the Grandmaster. Is it Kawato? Is it the mole and chaos? Someone else. If it is Kawato, what do you think his ceiling is? I
0: think we kind of spoke on, you know, thoughts on Kawato. I mean, I, I just think it's kind of a mystery at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I couldn't, I could, I don't, I'm not going to cap him, you know, and say upper mid card, that's it. The kid's never gonna draw. Putting an <laughs> ass <in the> seat. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, you know, he, he, who knows? He could be IWGP champion. I don't really know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, based like you mentioned earlier, based off pre excursion, he was one of the top young lines, he was the ace young line that they were pushing um, in in that class. Um, so, based off that, I would expect him to, um, you know, have some great matches and be pushed heavily in, in his debut. but it's going to be interesting to see how fans react to the gimmick and kind of what its matches look like going forward.
0: Yep. So, uh, you know, more on that. But, uh, you know, I've, I'm glad for change. So that's one thing, you know. New characters, new storylines, new rivalries, possibly a tournament. I think it's all good. Uh, and I guess we'll let the jury kind of, you know, hold off until we kind of actually see this Grandmaster gimmick in, in action. Yeah.
1: So after this video But it's so, going to fail <laughs> <laughs> So after this video um, Something very interesting We saw that the staff members cleaning the ring In the ringside area You know we've, we've been seeing empty arena shows Here in the US with AEW and WWE We haven't really seen anybody cleaning the ring Or anything like that So it's very interesting here In between in this intermission here We saw them cleaning the ring and kind of sanitizing
0: that's because Tony Khan and Vince McMahon are some dirty asses. <laughs> we're not going to clean the ring? Come on.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. So we had, we had uh, a- they did
0: do, like, almost an intermission, though.
1: Yeah, it was a brief intermission. So, first, they kind of threw to, you know, the, the commentators as they were cleaning the ring. And then they would, they showed, like, the New Japan World, like, commercial packages. Um, and then they came back into action here. And I was
0: kind of, like, sitting there, like, y'all going to do an intermission when there's no fans? <sniffs> Come on. (laughs) But I guess they need some time to sanitize and keep things clean, which uh, I'm fine with that.
1: Yeah, and to make sure it's all dried off. They don't want anybody slipping on those ropes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's one thing I was thinking about. You know, this is the first time it ever occurred to me. You know, in WWE, if you ever attend like a live house show or whatever, they change the canvas like every match, every couple matches very regularly because obviously when guys sweat – it, uh, you know makes the canvas very slippery. it could be dangerous and also, you know unsanitary. But we've been to a new Japan, a few new Japan shows now and I've realized I've never seen them change the canvas. I guess most companies don't, but you know new Japan's like a major league. And obviously you would notice if they ever change it because look at how many sponsors they have on the actual canvas. This is the first time I've ever like realized they don't change that canvas ever during the show.
1: Maybe that's why because the
0: sponsor is like <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 interesting because you think about like WWE, they they're constantly changing it. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I just thought about that. Um, but yeah, so after, the, after we came back from intermission, we got the last three matches of the night. Uh, the first one was a six-man tag team match between Satoshi Kojima, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, and Rizuki Taguchi taking on the, the LIJ team of Evil, Sonata, and Bushi, the classic three-man tag from LIJ.
1: Yeah, and two-thirds of the never-openweight six-man championships, Evil, Bushi, and Shingo or your your current never six man champions in case you forgot, uh, yeah. But this, normally this this trio would be the, would be the champions and have a lot of experience working together in six man tags.
0: I uh, I enjoyed this match. Um, I don't think it was like great by any means, but I just thought it had a better flow and energy to it, and I found it to be an easier watch. Um, I'm not gonna lie as surprising as this might sound, I was kind of like falling asleep during a lot of this show. Um, Just because even though these guys were really working hard, still with the empty arena, it's not the easiest thing in the world. Uh, You know, and I think even, I think this is a good effort for a first time, but I still think that they're working out the kinks even now. Um, But I thought this match did a really good job being fun, being light, being entertaining. It didn't overstay its welcome. And it told a good story. And I think of all the uh, matches, this is one of the ones that really actually got me truly invested for an upcoming match, uh, that being the match between Sonata and Taguchi, which prior to this match, I could not have cared less
1: about. Yeah, there was a lot of great interactions here between Sonata and Taguchi. There was a, a spot here where Taguchi thought he got Sonata locked up in the Paradise Lock, and he's you know showing off and <laughs> taunting, and then uh, Sonata gets up. Uh, quickly and um, attacks him there. And, uh, yeah, a lot of great interaction between Sonata and Taguchi. And they did a lot of great, like, chain wrestling, too, um, d- during some of their sequences in the ring together.
0: Yeah, I was watching this, and uh, my girlfriend, you know, she'll sometimes, like, overhear me say things or listen to the podcast. So she's kind of, like, still learning. And she was like, that's uh, that's big match Taguchi. <laughs> <laughs> i was like that's not big match to like we only see big match Taguchi like once or two- twice a year she's like no nope, that's a big match to
1: that's his name <laughs> no that that this is a road to Taguchi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah there's also a spot oh. Yeah, Teguchi offered us uh, not a fist bump it's not was gonna go for it and uh
0: i saw people mentioning that i missed this when did that happen
1: so it was during kind of the beginning part when both of them were in and like they had like an exchange of chain wrestling and at the end, it was like a stalemate and at the end, Taguchi put up uh, his, you know, his normal fist bump kind of thing. Sonata fell for it and Taguchi um, rolled him up or I think, I think like rolled him up after that.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't pick up on that, but yeah. Uh, another thing here. So my dog Sonata coming out with a uh, Shaved down beard, a little bit cleaner look. He doesn't have new gear, but I am wondering. I don't know. He looked pretty clean shaven. He hasn't looked that clean shaven in a while. Yeah, could that be telling us something?
1: Could be foreshadowing. Um, and then we got also talk about the uh, the New Japan Dad in this match. Tenzan was looking rough, man.
0: I yeah. I mean that's what Tenzan does. He looks <laughs> rough. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like man, like. He's he's got to lay it down soon.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, you know, he can keep going, but I mean, he doesn't look great. Uh, I I don't know, maybe another six months, year, two years tops. I don't know.
1: Yeah. And my my dog Satoshi Kojima though was looking in great shape, moving around well. Look like he's ready to take over this New Japan Cup.
0: Yeah, until he pulls a hamstring.
1: Hey, hey, hey chill chill
0: till chill. <laughs> <laughs> Til he films the greatest wrestling match ever and then tears his bicep on a reshoot <laughs> uh, fuck's wrong with them oh my god anyways yeah but uh yeah i thought i thought taguchi looked good i thought kojima looked good tenzan looked like tenzan um you know evil and bushi were there uh yeah, I, I, I thought the match was good. I thought it was very entertaining, like I mentioned, and I thought it was a good preview. And, um, you know, this one's interesting because I think from, um, you know, the Sekigun uh, to Gucci Japan side, like, the only guy I realistically can see getting into the second round is Kojima. But more than likely, I think all three of these LIJ guys are going to win their first-round matches um so this was kind of like a you know a preview of like a foregone conclusion like i'm i don't believe that at all that Taguchi is gonna beat sonata even though he came very close a few times in this you know six-man tag
1: right yeah it was great to show Taguchi getting some near falls over sonata to make you believe he had a chance and then the end of this match it came down to Taguchi and bushi and Taguchi was able to submit bushi to get the win for his team so Getting Some momentum behind the Gucci and making you think that he has uh, momentum going in that match with Sonata, he could possibly pull upset.
0: Does make you wonder, you know. Um, this company is not necessarily one for 50 50 booking, but they are often, uh, you know, one to make people who are going to lose in the future strong as challengers. So it does like I think a lot of these people that are winning are actually going to be losing in the tournament, yeah in many cases. Not all of them, but yeah. And I think Taguchi fits that bill perfectly.
1: So moving on to the semi-main event of this show, we had the IWGP Tag Team Champions, Roshi Tanahashi and Kota Abushi teaming up with Togi Makabe and Yuji Nagata to take on the Suzuki-Gun team of Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., Taichi, and Doki. So, uh, once again,
0: uh, new gear alert, I think you probably think I'm ta- gonna be talking about Ibushi, but bump that my dog Doki, out here with the gold. <laughs>
1: oh my god, the gold
0: tassels.
1: Yeah, Dokey out here with the face mask ahead <laughs> of, of the pandemic. <laughs>
0: yeah, this dude is. O- this dude. This du- this dude always knew about it. Like he conspiracy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, for real. Um, I was very excited to see. Um, you know, suzuki Goon in action up against, um, you know, the Sekigun team here. Hot take, I didn't think Eugene Nagata looked so good. Really? Eh, I mean, I didn't think he looked awful, but I don't know. He didn't look like he was moving so hot here, honestly, in my opinion. A lot of those, I thought a lot of the exchanges between him and... And Suzuki, like, if you told me, like, guess which one's the old man, I would have definitely said, like, Nagata. Like, he was looking, uh, like, a step slower, uh, less stiff. Like, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. They've always had good matches, but I don't—I'm not—I would say that that's one of the ones I was most excited for, round one. And now, after seeing this, I'm not as high on the match as I was previously.
1: Interesting. I don't know. I, I like their their interactions and their exchanges here. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I need me to rewatch it and focus it on Nagata again.
0: Don't worry about it. We'll see what happens in the tournament. No, no reason to go all the way back and rewatch a, <laughs> <laughs> an empty arena match, sir.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, surprise, surprise. We had Suzuki Gun jump in the bell here on this match. Get things kicked off here.
0: Now, did you notice kotobushi has got like some of the best gear he's ever had?
1: Yeah, man, was sparkling out there.
0: Yeah, you're trying to tell me Tanahashi's going all the way. Ibushi's getting
1: through at least round one. I'm telling you that much. All right, we'll 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 see about that. We'll talk about our New Japan Cup predictions here in a second. But yeah, I'll see. But yeah, dangerous techers and uh, golden uh, aces here are going to be facing off in New Japan Cup first round matches. Old beef. Yeah, they were setting up a program with these guys before the pandemic hit and shut everything down.
0: Yeah. So, um, this was interesting in that, you know, when, um, Suzuki goon like jumped them before the bell, I was like, you know, a lot of these matches have kind of been, um, sort of just in the ring. I'm kind of waiting for something to kind of like be a little bit bigger. And I was like, I haven't seen a Suzuki goon jump in a while, like not like a proper one. And so I was like, oh man, these guys are going to go all over the studio. They're going to start using weapons. But, in what I thought could have been a more free environment, they actually were like more docile. They did less than they normally do, and the, the you know they didn't all split off and attack you know the guys and choke them and hit them with guardrails and chairs and all that. I mean, they did a little of that, but it was much more tight, and they almost got into the ring immediately and just started having a wrestling match again, which I was a little surprised by that.
1: Yeah, I feel like with. I think they realize, like, that a lot of their Suzuki-gun antics and the jumping, I think it's for, for crowd pops. I mean, they throw the guy against the railing, and the crowd's like, oh, and you get, you know, the crowd gets really excited when they're brawling around ringside, so you really don't have any of that interaction, so why waste time on it and just, you know, do the, do the jump and then kind of get back to the action in the ring? Uh,
0: one thing I forgot to mention, so Bushi came out in the previous match, and uh, speaking of things people couldn't do, he didn't spit any water.
1: That's right, no, it, normally it's entrance, he spits the water, and... Couldn't it's do not COVID it. friendly. Yeah, I don't think his black mist is going to be COVID friendly either.
0: <laughs> yeah, he uh, he is at a severe disadvantage. on might beat that man. He ain't, he's got no water spray out for you know for hype and for drip. He's got no black mist. I don't know, man. He all he's got is a t-shirt now. That's the only thing he can do. <laughs> choke that man out. He <laughs> <You> better choke <laughs> this man for for dear life. <laughs> but um. You know, this is a match that I was expecting to be really high on, um, just given the talent that was in it, and I thought it was just okay.
1: Yeah, it it was a fine match. I enjoyed the interactions between uh, Ibushi and Saber the most. Um, Yes, me too. Those guys always have great chemistry, and so I really enjoyed some of their stuff that they were doing. Uh, Interactions between Tanahashi and Taichi were were interesting. Not so much. Uh, I thought they were interesting.
0: Okay. Uh, What were your thoughts?
1: I don't. Know, I just, I like the way they were kind of playing off of each other, and I don't know. I'm just c- kind of curious to see how their singles match is going to go. Gotcha. Uh,
0: Taichi looked fat to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, post-match, we had both guys kind of like pointing at each other's stomachs and trying talking about each other are fat.
0: Well, I saw the infographic in one of our group chats that you guys shared where Tanahashi like – had shown his like body, uh, you know, progression over the time in COVID, and like it looked like he got in really great shape, but I could see that there was maybe a little bit of, you know, excess body fat. I mean, you gotta cut the guy a break, he is getting, you know, up in years, and he's always had phenomenal physique, he still does, arguably. But then you, you kind of contrast that to, uh, Tai Chi, who's still, you know, fairly young guy, and I mean, bro, I don't know. Here's my I hope, Tai Chi, um, Leans into this and starts putting on. He starts cultivating
1: more mass. <laughs> uh, Just starts putting it on. You know, thing with Tai Chi. Like, yes, he did look a little pudgy, but I think part of the problem is he, his tights are like two sizes too too small
0: they always have been though this was different this was legit like he put on weight like i don't know if this guy did any squats like he like i don't know what he he wasn't doing shit like he was just this this dude was eating and grubbing bro like he was chilling
1: oh man but
0: but you know he's such like a smarmy heel it works like so i would love it if he put on more weight like he (laughs) just like became like japanese buddy rose or something like i would love it (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious So uh came down to uh, oh,
0: oh, oh, also I don't think Miho Abe Is actually with Taguchi I think she still is with Taichi Because she put out a post about how She was unable to second him Unfortunately during this tour
1: Yeah, I did see that tweet Yeah, I think that whole Taguchi thing was a work
0: Oh man, they worked us And we <laughs> they got an upstanding podcast Like us to report on
1: it 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 was a COVID storyline, for shame. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this match came down to Makabe and Doki That's, that's the last two guys in the ring here. And uh, Doki he hit Makabe with his pipe, got a, got a near fall, but couldn't put Makabe away. Makabe comes back, hits a quick slam, goes up top, hits a King Kong knee drop, one, two, three, and the team of Makabe, Tanahashi, Ibushi, and Nagata get the win here
0: and that's the thing you know say what you will about a guy like makabe you know you can criticize him for not taking bumps you know what have you but at the end of the day if he hits you with that king kong knee i don't care if you're doki or okada you're going to lose (laughs) (laughs) and so he's always got that like one smoking gun in his back pocket when it comes to tournaments like this
1: yeah, and something very interesting, when he won, we actually heard his actual entrance music, but they didn't uh, dub it over like they normally do. Someone fucked up.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a Foreigner song. Uh, a led, song led
1: that Led Zeppelin, uh, sl- right?
0: Yeah, but this one's just a cover. Uh, he he comes out to it as a tribute, because that's the song Bro- uh, Bruiser Brody came out to when he was in All Japan. Mm. So it's like, or I think he did in New Japan also, but yeah.
1: Yeah, and then after we had the showdown, you know, Saber and Bushi were faced off. And then, like I mentioned earlier, Tanahashi and Taichi were faced off and were pointing at each other's fat. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, and it seems like they're really focusing quite a bit on this uh, golden, uh, golden Aces, Dangerous Techers, you know, tag team uh, skirmish that's uh, upcoming in the near future. So, you know, more on that as we get it. And that's going to take us to the main event of the evening. We had the team of Kazushiko Okada. And Roppongi3k, Show and Yo, taking on the LIJ team of Hiromu Takahashi, Shingo Takagi, and Tetsuya Naito.
1: Yeah, this this was a really fun main event here. Also got the double champion, Tetsuya Naito, current IWGP and IC champion. We have Hiromu Takahashi, who's our current IWGP junior heavyweight champion. And we have Shingo Takagi, who is the uh, never openweight champion and one-third of the never... Openweight six man champions And then we have uh, Show and yo who are IWGP junior tag team champions So a lot of champions A lot of the top guys here Obviously we have you know The underlying rivalry between Naito and Okada And uh, you know obviously coming off the big dome Match with Naito taking the belts from Okada and Obviously there's some history With Show and yo and Hiromu In junior tag action and Shingo um, and Junior tag action with Show and Yo, and it's obviously the, the the rivalry with Shingo and Show that we've seen in the past. And that rivalry is going to come to a head in the first round as Shingo will be taking on Show in the first round, Show replacing Will Ospreay.
0: One thing I noticed here, uh, and it's not the first time we've seen this, but I, again, I think it's very telling. Uh, new gear from both members of Rapongi 3 k um, In the past, we've seen them when they go on solo ventures during tournaments specifically where they've kind of implemented different looks. But um, this might be the furthest departure that they've ever had from one another, you know, kind of, uh, you know, given the fact that they have such similar looks when they're tagging together. Um, I gotta say this. I think Show looks fucking ridiculous clearly this man has a quarantine haircut (laughs) (laughs) this man there's because there's no way that any self-respecting barber gave that man that fade it looks atrocious
1: Uh, i don't know i don't think it was that bad (laughs) oh no jeremy it's bad
0: (laughs) it's real bad (laughs) Uh
1: Yeah, oh man. But yeah, he yeah, rocking that haircut he did have, yeah, his kind of a solo gear, rocking the trunks and then um Yo was rocking long tights, kind of a silver and black kind of pattern there.
0: Now, this man, they both kind of gotten the blonde out of their hair to a certain extent, but uh Yo kind of has gone all the way to a like a more serious black look uh as far as like his hair color. So, I think that his attire kind of uh, matches more with like a a serious tone Uh, shows gear is very similar to what he's had in the past, you know, with like the high voltage thing. Right. Um, or, but this one was a less Owen Hart, less heavy machinery looking. It was more based on like the lightning bolts and stuff. I don't know if I liked it quite as much, but, uh, it still was fine, but man, his hair,
1: (laughs) Uh, and then uh, Okada, but, um, Okada was rocking the the Wrestle Kingdom uh, light up glow in the dark gear
0: I I really like that gear and I really like that look for him you know um, I don't know I just think like the whole Rainmaker thing and he's don't get me wrong he still is the Rainmaker but like that same look that he had for the past couple years kind of fit him as the champion and obviously we're going into a, a new phase of his career where he doesn't currently have that title so I think uh, a new look has kind of been long overdue, and I, I like this look, and I, I'm glad he's kind of sticking with it. Um, one thing here is I think what we're going to be seeing going forward, you, you kind of mentioned the backstories with all these guys and everything of that nature, and obviously there's a long history, a lot of the competitors, but um, what surprised me about this was that there was not very many points in the match where While I was watching it, I felt very convinced, like, oh, they're foreshadowing a uh, Okada-Naito match down the line. I didn't feel that way. What I felt like is, oh, they're foreshadowing what we've been speculating about for a while is current dissension amongst the ranks of LIJ.
1: Yeah,
0: And it makes all the sense in the world because of how top-heavy and belt-heavy and, like, power hungry the group as a whole is and i think going forward with them having all these quote unquote special matches throughout the um new japan cup i think we're gonna see more of this i think we're gonna see naito teaming up with his uh you know stable mates who all happen to be in this tournament to potentially fight him for his title and then we're gonna see him team up to face other top challengers uh top prospects from the tournament on their off nights you know so we might see him tag against the golden aces we might see him going up against you know whoever and night after night it's going to be interesting because we're going to see the internal conflict between the guys that he's facing that are coming after his belt and then him and his partner having conflict because even though they're stable mates you know Sonata wants his belt, Shingo wants his belt Hiromu wants his belt, Evil wants his (laughs) belt You know, even Bushi, he's gonna choke a bitch Like, he's gonna (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: So, the one thing I want to talk to you about About this match So, we have been um, Very critical on Naito's performance And just The, kind of the breakdown of his body Over the last couple years What do you think about Naito in this match? How do you think he looked here?
0: I thought he was moving better than I'd seen him move in a while. I don't think that there was enough for me to say, oh, wow, this rest did wonders. 2017 Naito is back, baby. 2016 (laughs) Naito is here. Like, I can't say that, but he didn't look as, like, rough, like when he was running, when he was just moving around. He looked well-rested. He looked pretty fluid, honestly. Uh, I think – I will say I think that just given my initial thoughts, I think that this has been good for him just because he looked pretty good. But I wouldn't say like, oh, man, he is back. (laughs) Like (laughs) I'm not ready for that yet.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. He did look um, a lot more fluid. I thought he looked looked really good in what we saw. Um, Yeah, I I thought – like you mentioned, we didn't see, obviously he wasn't in the ring solo by himself for 30 minutes, but for the segments we saw, I thought he looked really good and was moving better than he was pre-pandemic.
0: There was th- something that he tried at the end of the match. So, uh, and we, we I still want to discuss the whole match, but I just want to touch on this. So at the end of the match to set up the Destino, he did this move where basically he puts the guy in like a dragon sleeper and then jumps over their shoulders and gives them like a reverse ddt and if you're following me you're probably thinking to yourself that sounds an awful lot like a super power slam like the kind david boy smith used to give and i would tell you you are exactly right (laughs) (laughs) this man while he was in quarantine was thinking to himself i gotta i gotta people didn't like that kenta match man they didn't like the jay white matches i gotta do something different new setup move something special you know they're telling me the running destino needs to be more special i got it i'll super body slam myself (laughs) only naito would come up with a move that does that much more damage to himself (laughs) than his opponent
1: opponent. (laughs) 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 the
0: only good thing about it here is he didn't fall on his own neck right um I think he needs to – I think it's one of those things It's like, all right, you did it. You tried it. Congratulations. Now let's put this in that little box where uh, Tanahashi's final cut finisher that he (laughs) (laughs) – Let's put it in that box and uh, let's never talk about it again (laughs) because I hope he never does that because it looked horrible.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so from the beginning of the match We had Okada and Naito kind of kick things off And even though they weren't really teasing Like a, a match oh, down man. the road they they The they
0: crowd sp- was going <laughs> nuts for this one <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Yeah, it started with these two guys And kind of, you know, just a little backlash From Wrestle Kingdom And obviously they're still rivals And I'm sure there'll, there'll be another Okada and Naito Match down the line um, So kind of starting off there Then we kind of threw things over to Shingo and Show. I really like their interactions, and I'm really excited about their first round matchup.
0: Yeah, I loved when um, Naito and Okada locked up, and they did their first, you know, sequence. And then once they got done, the crowd was like, to Naito, you still got it. (laughs) And then Naito was like, I never lost it, baby. It was great. Oh, my gosh. No, but I'm very excited for Show and Shingo. That's a story that I feel like has not fully played itself out and still remains to be told. Uh, We took a break after the super juniors, but you know, you kind of wondered to yourself, when would fate give us an opportunity to see these two guys again? Because show is a junior still. And you know, Shingo's a heavyweight, but with, you know, Shingo being the never open weight champion, that's always kind of kept the door slightly open. And now that we're in an open weight tournament, they're slotting against one another in the first round is incredible now i know a lot of people are very disappointed because we were going to be getting will osprey against shingo but i can't think of a much better replacement match than show shingo i mean they're they're matched from the uh super juniors last year's one of my top 10 matches of the year last year i i really loved it and uh these interactions between these two guys in this match reminded me of all the reasons why i love this pairing
1: yeah, um, hard-hitting, intense, any, smash mouth in each other's face Like, yeah, they had a great match last year Great interactions in this matchup here They're going to have a great match come the first round of New Japan Cup And like you mentioned, Sho's a great replacement here for Will Ospreay Obviously, he, he's not as dynamic as Will Ospreay Or on Ospreay's kind of tra- trajectory to, you know, world title or anything But there is a background, there's a back history here with Sho and Shingo that that rivalry leading up to Best of Super Juniors last year and the, the Junior Tag Team rivalry. There's a backstory. There's history. These guys have great chemistry. So it's it's going to be a great opener.
0: Speaking of guys that, uh, if you said earlier, if uh, Vince saw Suji, you know, he snatched him up. Don't show Vince McMahon a picture of Will Osprey right now. Oh my! He'll gosh. be like, Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> he's huge. Vascular, damn bell. Uh yeah yeah bro like i don't know but anyway so uh back to this match uh really really good um and yeah i don't know i don't have much more to say uh you know i i really liked the uh segments with hiromu and um yo yo uh where he was just like laying into him with strikes and punches and then he tagged out to shingo and then shingo kind of did the same thing and they're just kind of putting the the brakes to uh putting the boots to to yo i don't know if i remember uh too many tag matches that really involved both shingo and hiromu by the way so that also kind of felt special i'm sure they probably have in like maybe a 10 man or something but this felt like the closest i've ever seen them work with one another
1: yeah it was great And it's one of those things like all of LIJ, like no matter what pair, no matter what trio, they all seem to always work well together. And yeah, Shingo and Hiromu, no difference here. They worked really well in this match.
0: Now, um, my feelings were like, at the end of it all, are we, are they trying to hypothetically tease a Hiromu Shingo final? Because that's kind of the feelings I got coming out of this match, as opposed to anything related to anyone else in the match
1: yeah like like you mentioned they're teasing some lij dissension and yeah with both of those guys being on opposite sides of the brackets they very well could i mean we could end up with a lij final four with evil and Sonata on the right side of the bracket and um well actually bushy's on on the right side.
0: bushy's on the same side as evil and sonata's on the same side as uh shingo so that's not possible yeah. but i like i like where you're going with it <laughs>
1: uh, so yeah three of the final four could uh be lij
0: and that's fine because we know Bushi's she's not gonna make it anyway so <laughs> that makes total sense
1: <laughs> uh, but
0: um yeah i mean um i we'll, we'll get to our predictions here but i mean could you imagine if that was the final like shingo and hiromu i mean you know move over will osprey like there's a new match of the year in town
1: (laughs) and also there's kind of a backstory there because when haromi was injured shingo was the one that kind of came in and quote unquote replaced him or took his spot while he He took his spot
0: like he was kurt henning (laughs) take take taking his spot kid
1: Um, so yeah maybe there's something Hiroma wants to prove like yeah thank you for coming in but you're not me and you you know you didn't take my spot like i'm here
0: (laughs) nah the story is much more simple than that oh you think you're the baddest (laughs) 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 well i'm crazy (laughs) Uh, let's do this
1: uh, that's the story yeah so uh, this match it came down to the end. It was Naito and Yo. Um, Naito ends up hitting the Destino. One, two, three. LIJ gets the win here. And then, you know, Naito is cutting his closing promo. And um, they go for the LIJ fist bump. Hiromu puts his fist in. Shingo does not. He walks off. He grabs both of his never titles and walks off.
0: Yeah, and prior to that, Hiromu, like like he was going to walk off and acted crazy and started to walk off and then came back so the whole thing was very uh, divisive and uh, you know Naito did the golden roll call but like no one else came out just the guys that were in the match so um, yeah I would say that this doesn't feel like this is the most cohesive moment for uh, Los Linger de Um and I feel bad for Yo you know new hair New gear, same old shit, eating the pin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Something man. just
0: tells me, like, his chances of winning this New Japan Cup are not that high. Um, oh, one other really funny thing that happened. I forgot. I wanted to mention this. So, uh, Taguchi, after uh, his team won their match, and he's walking up, he gets to the camera, he's like, IWG, yes. heavyweight champion. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs>
1: Yes, that was great. Oh, my God. I was,
0: like, I was like, oh, my God. This guy's a freaking fool. Anyways, and that pretty much does it. That, that was the whole – that's the whole night. That's the Together Project show.
1: Yeah, it was a great show. Um, great way to kick things off. Can I tell you? I don't think it was a great show.
0: I was, like, falling asleep for most of it, and I think that it was – good i was like i here's the thing okay i feel really bad because i want to be so positive about this show because we waited so long for them to come back and i would like basically equate this show to like comfort food you know like it's like some mashed potatoes like mashed potatoes are really good but you wouldn't be like oh they're out of this world it's like they're mashed potatoes you, you know they're, they're good they, they help you they make you feel better but you know, that's just what they are. That's what this show was to me. I, I to me, this is just like a glossed up, road to show.
1: Yeah, it and was. I, and I, I, maybe it was expectations. But I honestly, I wasn't expecting anything blow away. I wasn't expecting to see any four star action here. I was expecting kind of this level of action. I, I love the presentation. I thought the guys, you know, put on a good performance. Um, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the show.
0: I don't – and I don't – when I say this, I don't want that to sound critical because it in no ways is critical. I think that this was the expectation. I think they delivered on exactly what they – what anyone who follows this product probably could have expected. My fear, though, is that many people, because they're so deprived of New Japan, are going to turn around and say, great show. And I was like, well – it really wasn't. It was just a preview show. Like it was a road to. It was it was cool because it you know we haven't had it in so long, but um, you know, I would I would rather take like a New Year's dash over this mm. personally or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's kind of my feeling. Um, like I know there's a lot of people out there that like want to be like positive about everything, but I'd rather be the people that are truthful about everything. You know?
1: Yeah. And at the end of the day, like. If you want to talk about star ratings, I mean, most of the stuff I've rated on this show was in the three star range, peaking with the main event. I went three and a half on the main event. Um, that sounds about right. And it's you know, it's your typical L I J uh, three and a half uh, main event style matchup. But overall, I know I was just really excited. I really enjoyed the show. Again, if you're talking about in ring standpoint, obviously there was no like quarantine bangers on this card. Um, but like you mentioned, it was a, a higher level, a little bit of a higher level road to show. The key for this show was to get you hyped for New Japan Cup and to preview those matchups and get you thinking what's going to happen down the line.
0: Well, here's my thing. I don't think that I am a very big fan of empty arena wrestling. Like uh, even watching like some of the Western products that have it, I gen- generally don't find it to be to my liking, especially without a crowd. I think that this was by far the best presentation of empty arena wrestling that didn't have a crowd. Right. But I will say this. I think they need a crowd. I, I, am not saying that they should expose the wrestlers because that might be problematic from a kayfabe standpoint. Um, you know, like, it, it it's just a totally different dynamic in New Japan as opposed to, say, like, AEW, you know what I mean? Right. Especially factions and everything.
1: Well, they, they could do what uh, Dragon Gate did on one of their shows where you had the factions, like, sitting together, like, watching, like, their, their kind of teammates going against each other kind of thing.
0: That might be better, too. The only thing is you got to think about how many guys in character might make noise and how many guys in character would for sure not make noise you
1: know? Ishii like, ain't making no noise <laughs>
0: yeah she's not she's not gonna be cheering for for nobody but uh i feel like that atmosphere is needed like i just do um this was again the best version of a no audience show that i've seen but i still think they need it like Uh, i almost feel sacrilegious saying this but like i'd rather watch a dynamite match with a crowd versus a road to show match without a crowd the only match that really like oh that was one thing again because we talked about all the guys being so vocal okada being vocal was weird he's got a weird sound to his voice did you notice that it's, like, really high-pitched
1: and shit. Yeah, well, he, he normally does that when he does, like, his screams and stuff like that for, like, the lariats and stuff like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm used to him only doing it, like, once in a while, but he was doing it the whole match, and I was like, damn, this is, like, a stardom match or some <laughs> shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, like, the one match that, like – now, I will say uh, – uh, okay, backtracking on some of the things I've said, the one match that I don't think really was hurt too bad by not having an audience was – the opener, which was a singles match. So it does make me wonder if going forward, if they happen to do the New Japan Cup matches that are gonna be high stake singles matches, maybe that might not matter so much to me because I'll be more invested in it and it's easier to kind of focus on what's going on when you just have the two, you know, principal guys in the ring as opposed to like, you know, four or six or ten or whatever.
1: Right, true. Yeah. A lot of kind of distractions and a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff going on and not too much high stakes in a lot of these multi-mans. Obviously, if somebody gets a pin on somebody, it kind of foreshadows what, ma- what might happen in the tournament. But overall, not not a ton of high stakes on this card. So, yeah, I do think with well, the New New Japan Cup implications will help, I don't know, bring some focus in on the matches and uh, the singles matches. So
0: I, I think they should be open to that idea. I think they should take a look at how things are going and if they feel that it might be more beneficial be ready to pivot into that because they might need a crowd. They just might. My other concern is I know we're getting an audience in July for the two nights, but afterwards we don't have any sort of promises. This thing, this might actually be the model for the time being going forward. I think a lot of people are expecting after July, we go back to audiences but if that's not possible, depending on what happens with, you know, world events, there might be a situation where we end up getting empty arena shows building to big, you know, big uh,
1: pay-per-view type uh, shows.
0: Yeah, with, with, with limited capacity. That might actually be a reality we kind of have to get prepare ourselves for when it comes to New Japan.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what they, what they end up doing. Awesome,
0: um, but that is pretty much it. Uh, I enjoyed the show. Um, any final thoughts on your end?
1: Yeah, overall, really good show. I was really excited for it. Uh, enjoyed the matches, and I'm, I'm looking forward to this new Japan Cup. And we're going to preview that right now in a, in, a, in a minute. But before we talk about the new Japan Cup, young boy, I, I got we, we got to put over our friends at Manscape, and we got to put over their new lawnmower three oh man uh the Manscaped team the engineering team they spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 it is the omega okada of razors
0: yeah this thing is literally incredible Uh, you know, as a man in a relationship, uh, you know, I do my best to take care of my body, take care of myself, you know, do, 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 do the maintenance that's required, you know, to make sure that, uh, you keep the special person in your life happy. And, uh, it's never been easier than when I tried out this lawnmower. I mean, uh, this third generation trimmer, it features cutting edge ceramic blades. It reduces manscaping accidents you know, so, you know, you're not going to get nicks or cuts or scratches. I mean, who wants to be bothering with that stuff? Literally, trust me, nobody. Yeah.
1: yeah <laughs> so I,
0: if you want to get play, like, this is the thing, man.
1: Yeah, I fired up the Lawnmower 3.0 this morning. Let me tell you, this thing is premium. I mean, premium. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes. So you can take a longer shave. It's water resistant. So you can uh, bring it in the shower, groom in the shower. Let me ask you. 90 minutes. So you're not just a 60 minute man.
0: 90 minutes, Jeremy. That's how long it took you to shave?
1: <laughs> well, it, it, that's, it, that's, <laughs>
0: that's some down and dirty, heavy duty.
1: Well, you know, I, I never had the manscape before. So, you know, th- <laughs> things were a little wild down there. It, you know, it was no holes barred down there. Um, and so we, we brought in some, some help, some regulation with, with the Manscaped. <laughs> but- my
0: favorite thing about this, uh, you know, one of the coolest features is just the LED light. It illuminates grooming areas for closer and more precise trimming, you know. So you wake up and, you know, you wake up, you know, you don't want to wake anybody else up. You know, you try to keep things incognito on the DL. So, you know, keep the lights off. You turn that thing on. Boom. You can see everything in HD. It's it's perfect.
1: Yeah. And they've upgraded uh, the motor 7000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. If you're listening to us speak right now, we want you to experience this for yourself, firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with our promo code. 20% off
0: and free shipping?
1: Yes, 20% off free shipping when you use the code SUPLEX. That's S-U-P-L-E-X. Use the code SUPLEX at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com with the code suplex
0: now now that we've got that out of the way let me just close with this you guys are gonna need to do this anyways you don't want to be known as that kind of wrestling fan the kind of wrestling fan that doesn't take care of yourself you know everybody knows the terrible stigma you know the virgin who lives in their mom's basement they call us neckbeards no 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 we're not like that dude we're getting play and it all starts.
1: <laughs> We're like the Miz. We came to play.
0: Yeah, we came. <laughs> I came to play. <laughs> and dude, it, it all starts with the manscape. Now, some of you are probably listening and saying like, you know, I've got these tools at home. Dude, you don't want to be me messing with scissors. You don't want to be me messing with razors. At some point, you're going to get this thing and When you get it, you want to get it with the free shipping and the 20% off. So do yourself a favor and do us a favor because it helps this show out and this network out immensely. Use the Suplex code, 20% off, you know, on Manscaped.com. It's S-U-P-L-E-X, and they'll take care of you, and you'll get to take care of yourself. And hopefully someone else will get to take care of you if you play your cards right.
1: (laughs) Great stuff. So uh, let's move on now to our New Japan Cup preview and predictions. So we've got a full bracket here. We've got a bunch of questions as well to go along with this tournament. Uh, So you just want to kind of start off by going on the bracket and kind of going through the matchups and making our picks here?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let me pull up the bracket. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And you know what? This bracket is so crazy. Um, I I, I haven't felt this uncertain about a New Japan Cup, uh, like, in years, literally. And I have it here.
1: And, and Yeah, we, we uh, talk about that. I just want to give a shout-out to everybody who's entered our New Japan Cup Pick'em Contest um, that we kind of launched kind of last minute last week when we found out about this tournament. My email inbox has been flooded <laughs> with brackets, so this is probably going to be our biggest New Japan Cup contest yet. So thank you, everybody, for getting your brackets in and um, being a part of our contest.
0: Yeah, and you know, going back to the beginning of the show, this was the first contest that we ever did was the New Japan Cup bracket contest. So uh, it's kind of a special one for us, and uh, I'm excited to see who wins it this year, who gets to take home the illustrious Keeping It Strong style shirt. In fact, Jeremy, you know, sun's not out right now, but the guns are out. You've got the Keeping It Strong style shirt. Uh, you know what would you call it, shirt? Tank, tank top?
1: top. Yeah, pro wrestling. I didn't even know we
0: sold tank tops.
1: I didn't know either. I was, uh, was during the um, what was the last holiday we just had? Memorial Day. During that sale. Yeah. Um, went on there. I was like, oh, let me see what what, 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 what are the styles we have here. And I was like, oh, we we can get a tank top. It, it's summertime. It's Florida. <laughs> I can rock the uh, keeping a strong style logo. Uh, So yeah, had to get (laughs) that But yeah, the winner of the contest, you're going to get a Keeping a Strong Style t-shirt And a New Japan t-shirt of your choice Um, So that is is the grand prize And so yeah, looking forward to seeing how everybody's brackets play out
0: Awesome, man But, um, you know, jumping into this contest I am just so literally uncertain about how this is all going to play out Because this is... um, I don't know, man. You would think, right? You would think with the inclusion of juniors and young lions that that would make the picks for a lot of these uh, tournament outcomes a lot easier, a lot more certain. But I found this to be anything but that. Uh, If anything, I found it to
1: be more confusing afterwards. Yeah, man, I totally agree with you. Uh, It's just one of those things where it's like, yes – there's young Lions and juniors, but this is the New Japan Cup, and the New Japan Cup is known for a ton of upsets, especially in the first round. Right. Where we have a lot of heavyweights against juniors and juniors against young Lions, young Lions against heavyweights in the first round of this tournament. So you, you, you can't just go with your gut and immediately be like, oh, yeah, uh, young Lions losing here or the juniors losing here. So. Very Let me just tell you
0: this uh, before we get into it. So I did a. I helped my girlfriend do a bracket. You know, She's a very casual New Japan fan. And she was like, all right, I got this pretty easy. It's going to come down to uh, Hiromu Takahashi against Kazushiko Kata. And on the other end, you're going to have Hiromu, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi against Shingo. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, Shingo against Evil. And she was like, and then it's gonna come down to Shingo and Hiromu, and Shingo's winning. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Shingo versus Okada, hmm. and then and then uh, Shingo's winning. So that's how it's playing out, man. <laughs> we're, we're getting a Shingo Okada, you know. Um, and this is literally now. If this was the G1, I would totally say totally plausible. But when you talk about New Japan Cup, there's going to be upsets. There's gonna be surprises and you know it this was easier a few months ago when we were literally in the swing of action you could kind of plot out all right this is what's going to happen at you know skirt genesis that we got don'taku and then we got you know uh super juniors then dominion but we're just kind of nixing all that and we're not even doing the anniversary show either so we're kind of just jumping straight to dominion so it, it's like which way are they going to take this and it's uh, there's a lot of options and directions especially since there's very little pre narrative i mean it's anyone's ballgame
1: yeah so let's start looking at this bracket here so the tournament kicks off on june 16th so by the time you're listening to this show uh, the tournament's probably the first round are pretty or, uh, probably already started so first up here looking at the left side of the bracket june 16th we have togi makabe versus yotatsuji
0: yeah um that is a really great style match, but I feel obviously very confident, which I would say most people are probably going to agree that Togi Magabe is going to beat the Young line and advance to the next round.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I'm pretty sure most people have that penciled in their bracket there, and that's one of those matches. I think with the Young lines it's a little bit more predictable. The Young Lions are probably not beating any of the established main roster guys, especially Magabe, like we mentioned Makabe is still very protected in his matchups, and so I think this is going to be, yeah, Makabe, King Kong knee drop, advancing. Absolutely. So next up, we have Tomohiro Ishii making his junior debut against El Desperado.
0: So, uh, you know, we saw the preview match here. Uh, Ishii and Desperado is kind of an interesting matchup, stylistically and... You know, from trajectory-wise in this tournament, um, you know, whoever wins this obviously is probably going to be going up against Makabe next. So that's a pretty big hurdle. But I will say this. I feel like whether it's Ishii or Desperado, either one of them could hypothetically get past Makabe.
1: Yeah, agree with you.
0: Um, so it kind of depends from a booking standpoint where you see things. I think the, the popular opinion obviously is Tomohiro Ishii, which would make sense why they made Desperado look so s- strong in the tag match leading to this, but Desperado is kind of the hipster's pick for an upset here against Tomohiro Ishii.
1: Yeah, I, I'm going, I'm going with a uh, stone pit Bull here. I'm going with big Tom Ishii, um, in a competitive back and forth matchup, eventually getting a brain buster and meeting Makabe in the next round.
0: Yeah. I think one thing that some people are trying to speculate is on this same side of the bracket, uh, in the quarterfinals, uh, Desperado hypothetically could be on a a trajectory to wrestle Hiramu Takahashi. Those, those two guys have quite the history, obviously. And, um, there right now isn't really a clear established challenger for Hiromu. So there are some people thinking that Desperado might make, out of all the immediate options, he's the, the number one person that would make sense to potentially pick up a win over him and be set for a future title shot. The only problem with that, in my estimation, is that we wouldn't see that match between them until July 2nd. And then that would lead to a July 3rd uh, you know, semifinals against whoever the other semifinalist is in this block. I think that's way too far for Desperado to be getting in this tournament, just given his stature in the company. So I don't think that makes too much sense from a booking standpoint. Although I like the idea, and I think Tomohiro Ishii is definitely getting past uh, uh, El Desperado in the first round. Yeah, I mean, that,
1: that that's an interesting option to kind of think about because, yeah, they, they still need to set up matches for Dominion besides the double title match. So, yeah, setting up Desperado as Hiromu's challenger would make sense. But I agree with you, young boy. I think that that will be too deep for Desperado.
0: Now, now, if hypothetically, if they were side by side, right, and Hiromu was in this. You know 616 block with him and then you know the winners of the two matches might end up fighting 624 I can see that as being plausible absolutely uh, and it would make a lot of sense but since they're kind of s- pretty far separated from one another and it would take two victories each from both of them just to get to that that quarterfinal I don't think that makes a lot of sense
1: yeah so moving on also on the 16th we have Toro versus Master Heater Giotto.
0: Uh this is kind of um an interesting one just the fact that you've got Jado who is you know the master heater and then you've got Toriano who's the master thief so you know two masters of you know foolishness going up against one another and it's really anybody's match um I think the popular pick here obviously is Yano but you kind of have to look at um you've got a Honma Hiromu Takahashi match awaiting the you know winner of this so it kind of depends on what what your booking scenario is there um i'm gonna say just for the sake of Giotto's health that toriano just automatically win plus he's the bigger man anyways
1: right for the sake of Giotto's health and the sake for our viewing <laughs> 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 so we don't have to see a, another Giotto match in this tournament toriano needs to low blow and roll this man up real quick
0: i remember when Giotto won the uh New, the last New Japan Rumble. I wish he would have just gone out on that. Or not the last one, but the one before that. Like I wish that was his final match. Just gone out on that super high <laughs> note. Alright. Uh, now, before we move on, is there any chance that this is maybe possibly the lowest trending opening round match, Toriano and Jado, as far as like quality?
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. This, is, this has one star written all over it.
0: Yeah, that 616 night's hitting kind of different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: so the, the last match on 616 will be Tomioka Hanma taking on the current IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, Hiromu Ta- Takahashi.
0: Yeah, so this one, uh, very interesting. You know, Hiromu, the current uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. And as I sort of mentioned, I mean, in this Section of the block. You you've got two other juniors. You've got Jado, who's nowhere near contention, uh, long past his prime, and then you've got uh, El Desperado, who's very far away in terms of uh, you know potential matchups. So, Hiromu's is basically kind of wading his way through a lot of heavyweights, but they've given him a first round match in Tomoaki Hanma, someone who. You know, uh, has been not only in recent times a perennial loser, but even before his injuries when he was in his prime was still a perennial loser. So totally believable that Hiromu Takahashi could pick up the win here.
1: Yeah, and that, that's what I'm going with here. I'm going with Hiromu getting the big win here, getting, getting my junior, beating heavyweight here and advancing into the next round to meet Toriano. Yeah,
0: and I mean, that is a difference in booking philosophy. Um You know, Hiromu wasn't in this tournament originally, I don't believe, right?
1: No, I don't think he was.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, his inclusion is kind of interesting. I mean, all the juniors' inclusion is interesting. And then the fact that I think most people are kind of putting a a trajectory where if he does advance far, he's going to have to beat heavyweights. That's a far departure from, um, you know, the the traditional philosophy of booking that New Japan employs. So, uh, yeah. And, I mean, obviously. The anniversary show this past year, one of the first canceled events uh, due to the COVID outbreak, we were supposed to get Naito against Hiromu Takahashi in the main event, highly anticipated matchup. And, you know, hypothetically, I think that a lot of people are still anticipating that match, which kind of makes Romu one of the more favored competitors, especially on this left uh, side of the bracket, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I would actually say out of, out of all the matches that we have discussed so far, um, I, I mean, you always, you can't ever count out Tomohiro Ishii, but I think Hiromu is probably like the most anticipated uh, favorite out of all those guys on that, that top left bracket so far.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that, definitely. So moving on to the bottom side of the left bracket, we have the Rainmaker Kazuchika Okada taking on his former manager Gato.
0: This one is interesting. Originally, we were supposed to be getting Kazuchika Okada against Jay White, and you know, with Okada being the, you know, I mean, let's face it, he's still the ace of the company. He's the the former IW the last former IWGP champion, and he just lost it at the Tokyo Dome in January. I don't think a lot of people were kind of putting him. On a trajectory to fight Naito when the original New Japan Cup was happening. Plus, given the fact that he won this tournament just last year. So a lot of people were calling for Jay White to upset him in the first round and kind of get him out of there. But now we've got Gato, his former manager, and the current manager of Jay White, sort of stepping in as a replacement, and people are like, uh, what?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the the original Jay White-Okada match was definitely one several people had circled as upset alert. We're not really an upset, because Jay's beaten Okada before now, but still kind of upset because you're you're knocking Okada out in the first round. Uh, Right. But yeah, interesting replacement here with Gato. We've seen Okada and Gato face off before. Um, after the initial turn um, when Gato turned on Okada and the initial rivalry between Okada and Jay White and Jay Going to Bullet Club, and we we saw Okada get some revenge there and, and defeat Gato in a singles match, and, and, and that and that match was was filled with shenanigans. And, and Gato, I loved it. <laughs> it was totally a southern style, like just like Gato pulling out all the tricks to you know try to beat Okada, but eventually uh, hitting eating a rainmaker.
0: I think that match was on the road to Tokyo Dome, night one. Uh, prior to their match prior to jay white and okada's match at the tokyo dome um in 2018 or i'm sorry uh yeah 2019 wait was it 20 the tokyo dome matched in 2019 29. but yeah. then yeah. in december is when he fought uh gato so you know gato doesn't regularly have a lot of singles matches he's pr- primarily in a ma- managerial role so this is kind of an interesting matchup here now here's the thing again okada same situation still the ace still was the last champion naito's not very far into his title reign um you kind of wonder are they going to give away a big title match like what they you know they just sold out you know the tokyo dome two nights on the promise of this match and then turn around and give it away at a one-third capacity Joe hall that seems unlikely to me but when you look at the field of competitors on this uh you know second quadrant of the left side of the new japan cup bracket there's very few people that can beat okada you know especially when you're looking at the the bottom half you're looking at two juniors and two young lions hypothetically if they get if any one of those competitors gets to july 2nd to fight him okada's winning and he's going to go you know to a semifinal and most likely even a final from a right. booking standpoint. So you kind of have to look at his imme- who are his immediate threats. You've got Gato, uh, which would seem super unlikely, but given their history and given the fact that the Bolt Club shenanigans can always be at play, you never know. And then after that, you've got the matchup uh between Yuji Nagata and Minora Suzuki, which we do know that I mean those guys hypothetically do have the ability to defeat Okada but under what circumstances i mean it still would seem super unlikely so just the booking here i mean like i think most people just looking at the field are like okada's going to mop up everybody that's here right
1: that you you would think that
0: but i'm but from a logical standpoint i'm just thinking to myself i'm like i think okada pretty much easily beats everybody on this left side of the bracket every single one of them I mean, Makabe, Suji, Ishii, Desperado, Yano, Hanma, Hiromu. I think he beats all those guys, too. But I don't think from a business perspective, it makes very much sense to have him go through to the finals against Naito. Like, that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And there's only one of two ways I see this playing out, if you want my personal opinion. Yeah, go for it. I think... I think Okada is either losing night one in a shock upset to Gato and he's getting knocked out or he's going all the way to the finals and he's putting over someone on the right side of the bracket. Those are the only two options. Okada cannot win the New Japan Cup this year. It doesn't make business sense.
1: Well, I I agree with you and I don't think he's winning the tournament. Um, However, I have Okada going on to the second round and beating Gato And then I have him losing in the second round. That's possible,
0: but I feel the more likely scenario, and this is just going to be—I know it's shocking to a lot of people—and I could be proven wrong. You know, here in two days we'll find out. I think Gato's beating Okada.
1: Hey, it it could happen. Like you meant, we—we, not all Bullet Club's there, but most of Bullet Club is in Japan. We saw them here on this Together Project. A lot of them are in this tournament. They'll be around. Red Shoes can take a bump. You can have Taiji Ishimori running out there with a shredder helmet and bash Okada over the head of that thing and put, lay Gator over Okada. One, two, three Gator advances.
0: I, I mean, um, I, as much, I would love to see an Okada versus Ishimori uh, quarterfinal on July 2nd. Trust me. I think that sounds awesome. But... I think just Okada at this point is just too overpowered. <laughs> like I just do. And I think losing to Gato doesn't hurt him. As as crazy as that sounds, some people probably would think losing to Gato hurts you, but it's like not when it's like despicable, you know, circumstances. Not when that it's gonna have, be like
1: six on one.
0: Right. Or whatever the case may be, however he he, you know, happens to do it. Maybe Okada gets counted out. I don't know. Who knows? But if Eugene Nagata or Minoru Suzuki beats Okada, it doesn't end Okada or anything like that. But it's definitely an actual, like, oh, he lost clean to one of these guys. It's an elevation for them. It is a, a small, de, you know, demotion for him in in a sense. But I think I think he's losing to Gato. Um, but I think on your on your bracket, you said you've got him losing to either Eugene Nagata or Minoru Suzuki? Yes. So how do you see that playing out?
1: So for Nagata and Suzuki, uh, I'm seeing Suzuki will get the win over Yuji Nagata. So that would set up uh, Okada versus Suzuki in that uh, second matchup there on June 24th. And we saw that Suzuki and Okada had a little rivalry last year. Um, Suzuki pinned Okada uh, during the uh, G1 tour at the end there. And then he had a title match at Royal Quest. That's right. Where he failed to win a very good match. A great match. So if you haven't seen that match... Check that out from Royal Quest last year. Um, yeah,
0: that's right. You know what? You're absolutely right, and you know that's a compelling, compelling argument that you make there. I don't know if at this stage of his career, Nagata has enough to, to put Okada away, but uh, Suzuki might.
1: Yeah, and so yeah, he had a pinfall last year. They had they had the, the draw in the rain for Suzuki's anniversary show. So there's a history here with Suzuki and Okada, especially in big matches, and they've both kind of been protected in a way against each other. Um, and kind of very few jobs in between each other. A lot of draws or kind of, you know, a lot of epic matches for the winner. So, I think Suzuki has what it takes. It, it wouldn't hurt Okada for Suzuki to get another upset here. Not even an upset, just a, a big win here and beat Okada.
0: I don't disagree with your statement. In fact, I think I've had similar thoughts. My thinking, though, is long-term, where do you go? Because then you run into the same the same issue – at the bottom of this bracket, you've got two juniors and two uh, two young lions, and I don't feel personally that any of them are at a place in their career to beat a Minoru Suzuki or an Okada. Um, so that would mean, hypothetically, if Minoru Suzuki is uh, kind of you know go like he's definitely getting through to the July third, basically, based on your booking, is what right. I'm
1: assuming, right? Right, and that's what I, where I have him.
0: Okay. So uh we'll we'll get to that. So let's kinda continue on. Um let's talk about Yuji Nagata, Minoru Suzuki. Uh obviously you just mentioned you've got Suzuki winning. I gotta tell you, I've got Nagata beating him. Ooh. Um and for this reason, I've got Hiromu going to the July third finals. I don't think Hiromu can beat someone like Minoru Suzuki personally. I think that in order for this to be believable, for him to make it to the finals, they have to get him there without upsetting the heavyweight, junior heavyweight dynamics too much. Um, and I, and I'm not saying that I'm completely convinced he's going to go all the way. Who knows? I could be just being a mark here, and maybe Okada's just going all the way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I think if he does go through, he needs to beat a Yuji Nagata, not a Minoru Suzuki, and not Okada. Does that make sense? Yeah that's my thinking so i think and nagata and suzuki have a long long standing rivalry over the years with one another and they've traded wins so many times that it would totally make sense that nagata could still beat a Minoru suzuki on a you know on in a one-off
1: yeah it does make sense and yeah if you're gonna do gato over okada i think having nagata against gato makes makes sense
0: it makes more sense from the heel face dynamic. Now, if I had Okada going through, I probably wouldn't pick Nagata. I would pick Minoru Suzuki. But I think because I'm picking Gato, Nagata is the logical choice. Yeah. Um. Now, let I guess we kind of kind of exhausted that. Let's go to this uh, bottom part of this quadrant. So we've got Yuji Amora taking on Yoshinabu Kanemaru and Gabriel Kidd against Taiji Ishimori.
1: Yeah, so we got two Young Lions here, and, uh, yeah, I think for the Young Lions, it's, it's one of those things where they're the, these guys are not getting upset, so uh, I think is beating Umora, and then I think is defeating Gabriel Kidd, and then we're going to have a junior matchup with uh, Kanemaru and Ishimori.
0: I completely agree. I think it makes the most sense, Ishimori being a uh, Bullet Club junior and Kanemaru being a Suzuki-gun junior. Um, I think that's a great way to go because, it, on paper, it will look like this open weight quote unquote tournament was a success because juniors advanced beating some heavyweight, you know, competitors or some young lions or what have you. But ultimately, I mean, that's just what it is. It's it's experienced guys beating young lions. Right. Uh,
1: I think also now, with this match, uh, you have the backstory with Ishimori and Kanamaru just in the junior division. You know, if they're doing best of Super Juniors, this could be you can plant seeds here. Maybe they face off in one of the blocks in that tournament. Or eventually, when ELP comes back, you do uh, ELP and Taiji versus Despi and Kanamaru.
0: Well, here's the thing, and I'm not, like, the biggest Noah historian or mark or anything, but um, my understanding is Ishimori and Kanemaru had a pretty lengthy rivalry in Noah, and Ishimori has never defeated Kanemaru, ever. Mm. So... It, one has to wonder if that is at all going to play into the canon of the story because my thinking is Ishimori is much higher in the pecking order of New Japan Pro Wrestling but that could be something to think about if Kanemaru has never lost to Ishimori, are they going to rock that boat now or is it just going to be what everyone is sort of expecting and Ishimori just advances past Kanemaru
1: yeah, in the past, we've seen New Japan play up on stuff, past rivalries and previous promotions. So, yeah, I could totally see, you know, Gato especially, you know, booking this thing and being like, oh, yeah, Kanamaru and Ishimori, they have a rivalry, let me do that again. And, yeah, I'll keep this thing going and have Kanemaru, uh beat Ishimori. Or Gato could be like, hey, I, I want Ishimori to finally beat this guy. Let's revisit this story that people might may, may, may have maybe forgotten or, you know, kind of lost sight of. Let's bring the story back, and let's Taiji finally be able to beat this guy.
0: Let me ask you this. Out of Suji, Yuya Yamura, and Gabriel Kidd, do you give any of them, if you had to give any of them even a slight edge as a possibility to win, what do you think is the most winnable match out of those three?
1: Um, I think Yamura upsetting Kanamaru would be- would be the most likely out of that three if an upset was going to happen
0: that's my exact thoughts too i don't think it's going to happen but i think that if there was one getting ishimori versus you might be something out of left field that people might
1: not expect but i'm not counting on it yeah me either
0: so you want to jump to this right side of the bracket
1: yeah or do you want to keep working on the left side
0: we can finish it out i'm i'm good to go so um, I think both of us pretty much have Ishii against uh, Makabe, and obviously those two have quite the storied past with one another, especially like in G1s and the Never Division. So, what do we think in there?
1: Yeah, I'm thinking we're going to get a nice little strong style, never open weight match here, and, and I think uh, Tomohiro Ishii is going to put down Makabe
0: yeah i think makabe at this point doesn't make a lot of sense to go too much further in the uh tournament unless you're doing some sort of nice uh you know hope run for him but ultimately whether it's ishii or desperado i think either one of those two people are beating makabe and in this case i think it's ishii uh advancing on june 24th to the july 2nd quarterfinals yeah so i think most people have ishii and this is great because in in times past we've expected ishii to do well in these tournaments sometimes he does other times he's been knocked out early and in this case we're pretty much guaranteed he's going to at least july 2nd
1: yeah i remember uh two years ago he was knocked out first round by big mike (laughs) yes i do (laughs) (laughs) so then moving on then we would have um yano against Hiromu.
0: Yeah, uh, based on our booking, we're expecting Yano and Hiromu. And I think that's almost everybody's booking. So this one isn't really too uh, controversial. And um, I think Yano's a very beatable heavyweight for Hiromu Takahashi. I don't think it would make a lot of sense to have your junior heavyweight champion lose to Toriano or to Tomo Hanma. So it just seems like Hiromu has to go to July 2nd against Ishii. We're getting a banger.
1: Yeah, maybe Ishii can turn it into a junior title match. <sighs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of that. <laughs> oh, my God. Add some yeah, stakes
1: that. to this tournament match.
0: Um, yeah, so we've got that quarterfinal set there. Uh, let's go down. So on my end, I've got Gato against Nagata. I think you've got Okada against Suzuki.
1: Mm -hmm. And I, I got Suzuki advancing.
0: And I've got Nagata advancing, which, um, I'm a, so, so let me ask you, why don't you have Okada advancing? Because to me, it seems like if you, if you had Okada get past Gato, it would make the most sense to have Okada just go all the way to July 3rd. Do you think that some of these matches are like too big to be giving away in this type of tournament for him maybe down the line?
1: Some of that, yeah. Some of the matches are, are, are too big to give away, and also I just think it's New Japan Cup. You need some upsets, and I feel like on this left side of the bracket, we really don't have a ton of upsets. Um, I don't think a ton of upsets are going to happen on the, in the first round, so I think you, you kind of have to have that, you know, that kind of shock, and anything can happen in the next round. You have Okada go out, and that leaves him kind of out of you know, the title picture. And then you could set up a special singles match with Okada Suzuki at Dominion.
0: Yeah, and I, I like your booking here, even though I have Okada going out earlier. Uh, you, you keep Okada in there a little bit longer. You get another you know, show that maybe he can headline en route to this tournament, and then who knows what he's doing the rest of the tour, maybe doing some of those special matches, things of that nature. So right. um, I like that. I Obviously, I've got Nagata going over Gato. I just don't think Gato goes far in this thing. I think he gets his one you know, big revenge match against Okada and then loses to Nagata in the second round. And then um, we already both discussed, we got Kinomaru against Ishimori. So I'm assuming we both have Ishimori going forward.
1: Yes. So for me, that would be Ishimori versus Suzuki, and then for you, Nagata versus Ishimori.
0: That's correct, and you know, I think obviously a lot of people listening are disappointed when they hear this, because in their mind, a lot of people are really counting, the same way people are counting on Ishii and Hiromu, is the same way I think a lot of people are counting on Okada and Ishimori, but I think that we're not getting that Ishimori-Okada match.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what, I would love for it to happen, but yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen.
0: Um, but in any case, I don't think Ishimori defeats any of the heavyweights that are on tap, including Nagata, including Suzuki, or Okada. Agreed. So I think his his fight, his, his last stand is on July 2nd. He gets knocked out, and uh, I have Nagata going forward, you have Suzuki, and... Um, you know, that's pretty much going to be one of the uh, semifinalists, either Suzuki or Nagata, according to our trajectories.
1: Right. And so then, on that top side, Ishii and Hiromu, who you got going forward to face the winner for you would be Nagata um, and this yeah. Suzuki.
0: I, I think Hiromu makes the most sense here. Um, I don't think you would take Hiromu this far and make him lose to an Ishii. As much as we praise Ishii and love him and everything of that nature, um, I don't think the company has as much invested in him as they do someone like Hiromu Takahashi. So at this point in time, I think Hiromu beating Ishii, I think that would be the biggest signature win of his run in this tournament, personally. Um, And because it is Ishii, someone who does lose, someone, you know, I think that makes a lot of sense. And obviously the match I, that, if that match does in fact happen, it's got a really really good shot at being match of the tournament, match of the month and, you know, being a match of the year contender ultimately as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it could be really good.
0: So uh, I'm guessing you have uh, Takahashi going forward as well?
1: Yep, yeah, I have Haroma going forward and you know the interesting thing, you know, we, I know we we kind of joke about this Ishii Jr. run, but with potentially, let's say they do best of super juniors in this kind of in-between between Dominion and G, in, um, G1. And they don't have enough guys? Yeah, you could say, all right, Ishii's like, well, I, I lost this junior. I'm going to cut weight, and I'm going to be in best of super juniors so I can get revenge and beat Hiromu.
0: I would love that story. Like, love it. And, um, you know, that sounds more like t- Tony Khan's booking than it <laughs> does... <laughs> uh Gato's booking but yeah I would love that story
1: yeah that's super fancy booking on on my part but yeah I also I have a Hiromu Suzuki you have Hiromu Nagata um and and I I've got here's the thing I the reason I don't have
0: Suzuki going for is because I don't see I I can't imagine Hiromu fucking up Suzuki like Suzuki's too good um like he's murdered grandpa, like I would be scared. That would be a crazy ass match. If that actually happened, um, anyone could, anyone could win, but I think Nagata would be the perfect guy for Haruma to get past. So I know that I've, I've kind of gone backwards here. I've kind of like set it up like that. Haruma is going to win. So kind of giving him an easy path. But I think that from a business standpoint, this is the, the path that makes the most logical sense. But I could I could see the way you have it planned out with him and Suzuki.
1: Who do you have winning? So believe it or not, I have Hiromu upsetting Suzuki.
0: That would be really crazy, especially it, with you having him go, having to go through Ishii and then Suzuki. Um, one would have to wonder what kind of like physical toll that would take on him as far as a tournament performance goes, going into a finals after having had to fought two of the like most violent people in the entire tournament uh, Two heavyweights, nonetheless.
1: Right. I just think it's one of those things. I feel p- part of the left side of the bracket, the whole story there. I feel like it's the elevation of Hiromu into the heavyweight division. I think honestly, I think this is going to be the last year that Hiromu is going to be a junior. I think he's going to finish out Legere as champion. He's going to go to the dome. He's going to defend the belt against whoever the next top junior is. He's going to drop the belt and he's going to have a Will Ospreay kind of path, and he's going to uh, be going on to heavyweight. So I think this, I think I think the Naito match is going to kind of be the start of that on the anniversary show, um, but since this tournament's happening, I think this is going to be kind of the kickoff to potential talk of Hiromu being a heavyweight. Well, you
0: know, I hadn't really given that too much thought, to, uh, to be completely honest with you. I, I just figured Hiromu's back, he just got back, but You know, with you mentioning, I mean, the anniversary show, they do often do the junior champion against the heavyweight champion. But at the same time, you know, that would make sense if that was uh, their excuse to kind of um, start things off for a Hiromu junior or Hiromu heavyweight run down the line. So, yeah, that would make sense. I don't know that that's what I think this is entirely, but when i look at the left side of the bracket only two people really make sense to me to go all the way um, one is okada and i feel like if it's okada then it's the same thing we're always getting the other one is hiromu whether hiromu ends up winning the whole thing or not that seems to be the more logical choice for me so i think i think we're we have different ways of getting there but i think we both got hiromu going to the to the finals
1: right especially with the way that they've continued ...to hype up a Hiromu vs Naito match... ...and Hiromu constantly saying... ...how he wants to face Naito. Um, you know, they, they keep building it... ...and teasing it. They had the whole interview session... ...with both those guys. Um, it's, it's a match people want to see. We, we didn't get it... ...at the anniversary show and people want to see it. So, I definitely think Hiromu makes the most sense here.
0: I also think... ...there's a chance that... Um, ...if Hiromu doesn't... ...win the tournament... ...but he goes to the finals... ...then that's a great story because... ...like you mentioned... They've talked so much about this match happening and then, you know, they'll probably pay it off. But if they don't pay it off here, that adds into the emotion and the stakes of the finals. Like, you know, you got Hiromu. Hiromu's story is told on the left side of things. It doesn't mean it has to be paid off now, but at least the stakes are very high. And people can be very invested once, you know, once he gets to that point. Yeah.
1: All right. So we got Hiromu in the finals here at uh, 7-3. So, let's move over to the right side of the bracket and get our other finalists. So, on June 22nd, top side of the right bracket, we have Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Taichi.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I think it's worth mentioning. I think we should just discuss uh, that entire quadrant together. Yeah, let's um, do it. So, you've got Chi against Tanahashi. And then you've got Zack Saber Jr. against Kota Ibushi, so basically members of Dangerous Techers against members of Golden Aces, and there could be situations playing out where hypothetically Golden Lovers fight each other, or I'm sorry, Golden Aces fight each other, uh, Dangerous Techers fight each other, or we get you know some other you know m- mismatch of the uh, partners you know fighting each other. It, it's kind of crazy
1: the way it's playing out. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting. Um- Ways and go here. So I think ultimately, for me, when I'm looking at how
0: this is all going to play out, it depends on. I don't know. This one is hard because you've got a lot of star power here.
1: Yeah, and there's also tag title implications here as well. Right. So you've got the tag titles in play,
0: and then you kind of also have to kind of uh, look. So ultimately, regardless of you know putting the tag titles aside after july 1st one of these guys is going on to july 2nd to fight you know one of the other quarterfinalists and so you kind of have to look at the whole bracket and decide do i think that one of these guys is going to july 2nd and eating a pinfall or do i think one of these guys is going on to be a semifinalist how far are these guys that are all embroiled in a tag team feud going to actually go in this thing and we have we have a couple. We've got three guys that are all big stars, tournament winners, you know. And then you got Tai Chi, so <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard to say how you think it's really going to all play out ultimately.
1: Yeah. So, so for me, and we we've talked about this off air and have been in disagreement, but I got Tanahashi over Tai Chi, and I got Saber over Abushi. Yes,
0: and um, I, I've I've actually done multiple brackets. Did you even look at my brackets when I sent them in?
1: I looked at your first one. I did not look at the one that you, the second one you ended up doing.
0: Okay, I ended up redoing it entirely. But originally, I had Tanahashi going through. I, I I'm of the opinion here. Either way, no matter which way it goes, we're not getting partners against each other. Agreed. But that would be an interesting thing Gato could do, you know you could put Tanahashi and Saber against each other, but you know, that seems like too big a match to do in this tournament. But if you did that, maybe that would be the impetus for Taichi and Kota and, uh, Zach Saber to screw them during the match or something like that. I don't know. Um, but ultimately I've got Taichi beating Tanahashi and then Kota Ibushi beating Zach Saber jr. Um, but I, I on any given day I could go back and forth. I think there's very good reasons you could have Zach win and face Tanahashi. And I think there's very good reasons you could have Taichi win and fight Koto Ibushi. It just depends.
1: Right. Yeah, for me the reason why I went with Tana winning and Ibushi losing, this whole story of, you know, Ibushi losing twice at the dome. He's kind of been on a slump and the tag title run with Tanahashi has kinda of lifted him up, but we've seen Tanahashi be the one to kind of get the falls and all their tag matches. And Tanahashi has been, been clearly kind of like the top guy, quote unquote of the team. Uh, and so I think this these matches are going to further expand on that. And that's why I have Abushi losing.
0: Um, I, I guess I don't really have as I, I've thought this out, but I'm just trying to think what my logic here was. Um, I guess, I mean, I don't know. Every time I look at it, this is one of the most perplexing parts of the uh, entire bracket is this this top four here on the top right. I guess, ultimately, the way I think about it is how far do I see all these guys going? Yeah. And, you know, you're talking about the winner of this fighting either Sho, Shingo, Sonata, or Taguchi, and... It's my strong opinion Sonata's going through. So with that logic in place, I'm trying to think of who Sonata could beat. Um, and I don't think Tanahashi... I think if Tanahashi wins and goes through to July 1st, I don't think that he's the right guy for a Sonata to beat, personally.
1: Well, I don't... I have... So I have Hiroshi, Tanahashi, and Sanada going in to July 2nd, and Tanahashi beating Sanada.
0: Right. I don't think Tanahashi should be taking late falls in this tournament, and so he would have to go to the finals. And I don't see Tanahashi going all the way to the finals when he's in the middle of a tag team feud. That's my personal opinion. I know a lot of people kind of see him as being like the dark horse guy to kind of go deep into this tournament. And they, you guys might be right, but I I feel like he's the logical guy to go far. And because he, he might go far, I've actually got him being eliminated by Taichi. Taichi's never beat him in a one-on-one scenario. Um, and I think that it would be a stronger case for – dangerous techers to get a title shot provided they knock out Tanahashi round one versus Kota Ibushi. And I think that's the main reason I've got, I I don't see Tanahashi. I'm knocking Tanahashi out for the same reasons I'm, I'm knocking Okada out because I think it's a shocking upset. Mm -hmm. And I think he's very overpowered and given the field, I think he could run the gamut and just go all the way. And I don't see that booking making the most sense. I also I guess we should talk about the subject since we're talking about Tanahashi. I don't think – I think originally I actually had Tanahashi winning the tournament in my original bracket. I actually had Okada against Tanahashi going into the finals. And I realized once I thought more about it heavily, I was like, it's the same old shit. I don't think they're doing that, especially some of the other stories they've got going here. And I know that they teased Tanahashi and Naito previously, you know, um, Tanahashi picked up a tag team win over Naito and was like, we were at a show where he was like reaching to his belt. Like he was like uh, teasing that he wanted to challenge Naito and I think they can still get there, but I think he's too preoccupied with this tag team feud. I don't think because of that tag team feud, it would make sense for him to get a title shot at Dominion. And I think that there's a better way to get him to that uh, Naito match than having him win a tournament that he's already won before. Because if he wins, we're not getting a new star. Right. Which is which is what this tournament is usually set up to do.
1: All right. So um, before – because I think we're kind of like unwrapping our, our finals here um, with these four guys. So before we kind of dive deeper into that, so you got um, – you got Tai Chi. I got Tanahashi, um, and I have Saber, and you have Bushi.
0: Right, and I I think I've got a Bushi going into July first. Although I, could, just because I think he should beat Tai Chi.
1: Right, so <laughs> you, you have Abushi beating Tai Chi, and I have Tanahashi beating Saber.
0: Yeah, and if I was going to book either of those two to go that way, that's how I would do it. So, um, I would have Bushi beat Tai Chi, and I'd probably have Tanahashi beat Saber. So, yeah. So, the movie- although. Although, although, who knows? Sabre Saber is kind of the dark horse here.
1: Sabre could get through, hypothetically. Right. He could pull a, a 2018 and go He always far. does
0: well in this tournament.
1: So moving on to the next four here, we have Rijuke Taguchi T- 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 versus Sonata, and then Show versus Shingo Takagi. T-
0: oh, I think we all have Sonata going, uh, being Taguchi. Yeah. That would be the real shock if, if Taguchi beat Sonata.
1: Yeah, that, that would be huge. <laughs> Um,
0: uh, and then I've got Sho beating Shingo.
1: I also have Sho beating Shingo. Yeah, I've
0: got three big names getting knocked out round one. My three big names are Tanahashi, Okada, and Shingo. Um, and I think it's because they were teasing. We, we talked about it, the history between Sho and Shingo. Also, they had been teasing prior to COVID that Show might be a potential challenger. And so I think him beating Shingo in the first round of this tournament, really sets up that title challenge, because otherwise, I think Shingo could beat Sonata, and I think Shingo, I think Shingo could win the whole thing. And who knows? Maybe <laughs> I'm wrong. Maybe maybe Shingo is going to the finals here, especially given that what happened uh, at the end of this uh, Together Project
1: special. Yeah, that's something they could be teasing, but uh, I don't know. They they need title matches, other title matches for Dominion. And so show beating Shingo makes a ton of sense. It's this long rivalry show. So desperately, so badly wants to beat Shingo. And so you have him beat Shingo here. It's an open weight title. He gets contention by beating Shingo. And then at dominion, one of the nights you can do Shingo versus show for the, the, the title and Shingo wins.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting. Cause I'm pretty sure we both had Shingo beating, uh, Osprey in the original tournament. Now we've got him getting knocked out round one. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think a lot of people are going to be shocked at that. I think a lot of people's brackets probably have Shingo going pretty far. But yeah, I think Sho's beating him.
1: So then that would set up Sho versus Sonata.
0: And I think Sonata and I think with Sonata there is enough story there given the fact that every year in the new Japan cup, he gets further and further and further. He made it to the finals and lost last year. We thought he was going to the finals against Jay white this past year and was going to win the whole thing. So he was like a favorite and he's in LAJ. All the there's obviously dissension. All the members have titles except for him. So this is kind of that like monkey. He needs to get off his back to beat, to win the new Japan cup and then to challenge for the championship. So, I think it makes a lot of sense for Sonata to go through. Um, and I think if it was against Shingo, if it was Sonata-Shingo, it'd be 50-50. I wouldn't know who was going to win. But with Sho, I know for a fact it's going to be Sonata. That's why I think Sonata and Sho is going to be the, the, the one, and I think Sonata's going on to fight Kotobushi.
1: And I, I think Sonata's going to go on to face Tanhashi.
0: Okay. And let's go to the bottom quadrant here.
1: So we got Tenzan and Yoshihashi on the 23rd. And then we also got Yo and Bushi.
0: I I think Yoshihashi wins just because it's Tenzan. Yeah, very much. He lost to Taguchi last
1: year. (laughs) It's very much the the Jado situation. And we don't need these guys in there much longer than they need to be. So, yeah, get get this man out of here quick.
0: Uh, Yo Bushi is one where it could be any way, but... I mean, who knows, but I've got Bushi just because of the heel face dynamic and the the whole LIJ story that's going. So I've just got Bushi beating Yo, but I don't – if Yo beat him and went on to fight Yoshihashi, fine. But you'd be talking about Chaos members against each other. Yeah. So I think it's going to be Bushi.
1: Yeah, I also have Bushi defeating Yo. And then you could also kind of play up with Show advancing and Yo not advancing You can start kind of teasing the C's and dissension between Roppongi 3K and the eventual split between those two guys.
0: Yep, that's the other thing I was thinking. Great point. Um, And then finally, you've got Satoshi Kojima against Evil and Goto against Yujiro. And I'll be honest, I think whoever wins out of these four guys is going to be the semifinalist or quarterfinalist for this block. I think they're beating Tenzan or Yoshihashi or Yo or Bushi. But I don't think any of them are beating the top tier guys at the top of this bracket. So I really don't think it matters too much who goes through because um, it's a lot of mid-card guys. Yeah. So, the, I mean, like.
1: Yeah, this, this bottom bracket is kind of like a, a runaway. Like, yeah. Like, it could easily. It'll probably
0: be Evil Goto. And then Evil probably will win and end up fighting Yoshihashi. But if Goto won, I wouldn't be surprised. If Kojima like had a little miracle run, I wouldn't really be surprised. And Yujiro might get through and lose to Evil. So, I mean, there's a lot of ways they could go with it. And I don't think any of it's going to play into the finales of this thing at all, honestly.
1: Well, I think there's an interesting Final Four you can get here if Evil goes through. I do have I do have evil going through. I think I've got
0: Evil against Goto, which I know some people are kind of lamenting that idea cuz it's Evil Goto again. But I mean, Yujiro could upset Goto or Kojima could upset, you know, Evil, but it just seems logically like the one they're going to do. So, I've got Evil Goto and I've got Evil beating Goto to go to a final 4 against the winner of Ibushi and Tsunada.
1: Yeah, I have the same thing. Yeah, I have Evil beating my man Kojima, uh, Goto beating Yudro, then Evil beating Goto. Um, and then that would set up Evil to go against, for me, the winner of Tanahashi, and Sonata for you, the winner of Abushi, Sonata, right?
0: Yes. And so um, I think Abushi will have done well in this tournament. And I think we've found that Abushi is someone who can miraculously take losses and rebound from them like nothing has ever happened because he's just so talented, Uh, and because he's also stuck in that tag team feud, I think Sonata's beating Ibushi. I think they've got a lot of history from previous G1s as well to kind of play off of all this. And I think we're getting LIJ tag team members against each other in the uh, semifinal, Sonata against
1: Evil. Yeah, so here's where I really struggle, uh, because originally... I was thinking Tanahashi is going all the way through to the finals, and it's going to be Tanahashi versus Hiromu, the two matches that they've been teasing for Naito clashing in the finals. But like you mentioned, Tanahashi's in the tag title picture still, and I'm pretty sure they're probably going to do dangerous tickets versus Golden Aces at Dominion. So you, you got to get Tanahashi out of there eventually, and you know they're, they've been slowly pushing Sonata and kind of elving Sonata every year. Um, so I have Sonata taking out Tanahashi here.
0: Wow, um, that's a big one. Um, so your your semifinals is Sonata against Evil as well.
1: Yeah. So once again, we have different paths, but we ended up with the same uh, semifinal there.
0: Awesome. So the final um, match, I'm guessing, is going to be Sonata against hiromu based on both of our trajectories yep okay so with that being the case who do you have winning
1: believe it or not i got hiromu beating sonata and winning the whole thing i do too
0: i do too because here's the thing if sonata were to win then he's going to challenge Naito. And I don't think whoever's winning this is beating Naito right now at this point for the titles. And I think that, um, if Sonata gets another title shot this soon and loses, we're starting to get into Hiroki Goto, like levels of failure. He's already had three failed losses. And if he goes to four, that puts him in rare company of people that have challenged four times. And, uh, you know, four or more times and not capture the title. The only people who are in that club are Suzuki, Goto, and then it would be him. And I think they have big things planned for him. Um, that might play into the story, but I think what's more heartbreaking right now is that he gets to the finals again, and then loses to his part to his stablemate. Right, and
1: A junior I think stable that
0: mate. his junior stablemate that is going to send him over the edge. I know we're fantasy booking here, but that's the way I see it playing out. And I think Hiromu is going to – we're going to get the anniversary show match that we they teased that we wanted, and that's how it's going to play out. And I think – and it sucks because I think originally Sonata was going to win. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be him against Jay White, and he would beat Jay White in the finals. I like this final match a lot more, and I think Hiromu is beating him.
1: Yeah, and you know, now Hiromu has said – Previously, pre-pandemic, for the anniversary, he wanted Naito to put the titles on the line. So by winning the whole thing, he's getting what he wants, he's getting the Naito match, and he's getting the title match. Um, and so they, they can deliver on this Hiromu-Naito match that was built up. So,
0: so that is, uh, that's it, that's our preview. Now let me ask you real quick, I think we both feel pretty confident Hiromu is winning the, the left side of the brackets, correct? Yes, if it's not Sonata, who else could he hypothetically get a final with that you think is logical and believable? I think Shingo is one of
1: them. Yeah, I think you could do Hiromu Shingo. I think you could do uh, Hiromu Evil. I think it's going to be some kind of LIJ final. And
0: normally I would say ZSJ, Tanahashi, Taichi, or Ibushi could all make sense. <clears throat> Excuse me. But because of their, them being embroiled in a tag team feud, I don't think any of that really works out. And so ultimately, I think the only three guys on this left side that make sense are his stablemates, are Sonata, Shingo, or Evil. Yeah. And and I think that's what led me to book it to where it's Sonata. And I think a lot of people have, like, Okadas and Tanahashis and Shingos and people like that, but I think when you just kind of follow the thread, I think I think we're right. Um, I think it's going to end up being Hiromu and Sonata.
1: Yeah, and that will be an interesting matchup. I don't think they've ever faced off in a singles in New Japan before, so you got you got a first time matchup there in the finals, and then you will have a first time matchup, I believe, of Hiromu and Naito, right? Or did they face? The, off? Did he face off with young lion.
0: They fought when he was a young lion, but um, you know that's another reason why I think logically it makes sense because they promised us this match before. It's a match that people are clamoring for but you know think about think about it they were going to do it at anniversary show it's going to be like a 5000 seat arena they're doing roughly a little less than that here at the Osaka show but at the same time it's an important show cuz it's their first world title match in front of a live crowd in you know since february so it's still a big deal you know what i mean like right. so some people are like oh and i know a lot of people are like oh well they shouldn't give away a, a big match and it's like well, you know what they should. You know, I know there's some people who are like they should do Tanahashi or Okada because those are matches they've done in the past against Naito, and it, you know, it's like you're not ruining a match that you've done in the past. But it's like, you know what, the fans waited since February for something that matters. I don't think that I don't think Gator's going to give them the same old shit. I think he's going to reward the fans for their loyalty. Honestly, this is how I feel, and I think that's why we're getting one of these two matches. I think we're getting a Sonata or a, uh, a Hiromu match. I think it's going to be Hiromu.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Hiromu. It's a match that, like, like, you might, like we mentioned, it was advertised, it was built up, and they continued to build it up during the pandemic with the, the talk shows, all the interviews that Hiromu was doing. Several times he's mentioned about facing Naito and wanted to fight Naito at the Dome for the belts. So it, it just makes a ton, yeah. a ton of sense here to do Hiromu and Naito.
0: Awesome. Well, man, yeah, I felt nervous about this because I was like, this is all over the place. This one's hard to predict. But I think ultimately we came to the same conclusions, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't think we normally have done that for the New Japan Cup.
1: No, that's pretty cool. uh, Yeah. I think usually we're we're two completely opposite routes.
0: Yeah. All
1: right. Well, we have a lot of questions here from our listeners uh, about New Japan Cup and other New Japan stuff. So first from. Ready to use a Rambone Slam pig. First he says, My stepdaughter refers to Yota Suji as Baby Yota. No question. Just wanted to make that statement. I am very proud of her for knowing who Baby Yoda and Yota and Yotosuji are. Then he asks, What is your most anticipated first round matchup in the new Japan Cup? His is Shingo versus Sho.
0: Um, yeah, it's Shingo versus Sho for sure.
1: For me, it is Kota Ibushi versus Zack Saber Jr. Uh, I just love their matches I love their chemistry And I think in an empty arena Matchup where There's going to be way extra emphasis On in-ring action I think both of their styles With the kind of shoot style Bushi with the heavy strikes And saber with submissions I think will work really well In an empty arena uh, style show So uh, that's the the first round matchup But Shingo's show is also right behind there
0: yeah i agree with you and that would have been my other answer the only thing is they've wrestled so many times uh but like you mentioned they've all been spectacular matches nonetheless so if i had to pick a second match that would be it the only thing is we've only gotten show shingo one other time and it was you know so this is a rarity and i don't know how many more times we may or may not get it so it's kind of like the recency bias that's why i'm excited plus if show wins i know what's happening shows getting knocked out but if shingo wins who the heck knows where this tournament's going <laughs> right. to go? Shingo, Shingo is the X-Factor, and Shingo's the one guy who could completely breeze through all of our trajectories that we've uh, placed and be like, Sonata who? <laughs> <laughs> we, we could easily end up with a Shingo versus Hiromu final, which is yeah. crazy.
1: And we could easily end up with Shingo versus Naito. We could end up with Shingo Okada in the finals. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's <laughs> crazy. Um Okay, next question from T Flares. He says, which young lion has the most realistic chance of breaking through the first round and possibly beyond? I think we both mentioned Yuya Yamora.
1: Yeah, so yeah, we're in agreement there.
0: But don't hold your breath. It's not happening.
1: (laughs) Uh, Next question from Becca, Becca Cal Dobson on Twitter.
0: No, I think it's Becca L. Dobson.
1: Oh yeah, sorry, misread that there. Becca, <laughs> Becca L. Dobson. Uh, Thank you
0: for the question, Becca. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Becca, she says, uh, if we end up with more heavyweight versus junior matches this year, what are some matchup you guys would like to see?
0: Uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Okada, because <laughs> that's a junior versus
1: heavyweight match. <laughs>
0: No, I'm just playing. Um, I don't know. Uh, what are some What are some um, thoughts for you?
1: Uh, Ishimori Okada. Uh, Who would be really cool for Dragon Lee to fight? That's a heavyweight. Uh, I think Dragon Lee Naito would be interesting. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Lee Shing. Oh, they face off in Best Super Juniors. Uh, what about
0: like Dragon Lee versus Kenta?
1: Oh yeah, that would be interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot you could do. Um, I'd like to see ELP fight um, uh, Tomohiro Ishii. <laughs> <laughs> Watching him s- smash him? Yeah, so he can get his throat smashed. <laughs> um, I mean, Ishimori's fantastic. I mean, there's a lot of really good guys Ishimori could like
1: fight. How, uh, how about Show versus Ishii?
0: Show versus Ishii would be cool. I'd like to see ZSJ wrestle some of these junior guys. Um I don't know, man. There's there's so many options.
1: Yeah. We th- we threw out some great ones there, but yeah, there's a ton of stuff that they can do.
0: Um, next question from PSAN ninety one says, What do you think a match card for Dominion looks like? I think we get Shingover Show for the Never Neverbelt, Golden Aces versus Dangerous Techers for the IWGP tag team champions championships. Is there anything else you think we might see on the Dominion card this year? I think we both think Naito against Romo.
1: Yeah, as the main event for double titles. Um, and I, also, we, we talked about showing and Shingo. We talked about Golden Aces versus Dangerous Techers. In my bracket, if you have Suzuki beating Okada, you could do a rematch, do a special singles match with uh, Okada-Suzuki on one of those nights.
0: I think that you could have a very tension-filled six-man tag with lij against someone else from the tournament and have a lot of animosity there like a right. lot of confusion what where's sonata's head what what's he thinking yada yada so that that might be
1: interesting um i mean you you could have shingo evil and bushi defend the six-man titles against somebody
0: that's true but then you don't have shingo show
1: that's right yeah yeah yeah. that's right um, but there are two nights right yeah I mean, you could. So that's another thing. And then, and one night you could do Shoshingo, Shingo, and maybe another night Show and Yo defend the tag titles against somebody, the Junior Tag Titles.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of ways to go with that. Um, next question from Dino Boy. He says, "If the Best Super Juniors were to have happened as regu- regularly scheduled, who would have been uh, your pick to win?"
1: Man, it's it's hard to. to Pick the, we don't even know who all would have been officially in the tournament. Um, we'll, yeah, we we'll wouldn't know the field. Um,
0: you know, um, it really depends because I'm guessing Hiromu would still be champion. I mean, there is a part of me that's like Dragon Lee's never won it, and so he's not a bad pick.
1: Right, and he's, but, he's uh, under contract this year, so that, yeah, that, that would be a good pick. is not a bad pick either. Right, coming close to the finals, and yeah, that would make sense. Him, you know, he uh, lost. to Hiramos. He's back from
0: surgery. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Those are two guys I'm thinking off the top of my head, uh, but who knows? Maybe it's this grandmaster.
1: <laughs> yeah, could yeah, could be Kawato. Uh, next question here from Reddit user Highest Fly Flow was listening to the official NJPW podcast, and they were ranking Tana Taichi Ibushi and Saber. From best to worst, Kevin Kelly rated Tana the worst at number four. How dare he? And Gino disagreed and called Tana the best at number one. He's right. His word is gospel. How would you rate the four? I'm guessing it's off recent performance, so you could take the first quarter of this year as a time frame. Uh, so, yeah, how would you rank those four guys?
0: Um, well, Zach lost to Sabre. Or, I'm sorry, to Osprey. Um, Ibushi's on a losing streak. Tanahashi.
1: What did Tanahashi
0: do at the Dome this year? He lost to. Jericho. Uh, Jericho. And then. You've got. I mean, honestly, I would still just go Tanahashi. Let's just make it simple. It's Tanahashi, then Ibushi, then. Um, Saber. Saber, and, Taichi. and then Taichi. But I'm only just kind of going off their recent placement. I mean, honestly, I think at this point, like today at this point, I, I think in terms of in-ring work, I think Saber and Abushi uh, are above Tanahashi probably yeah. in, in
1: some regards. If we're going just straight in-ring 2020, I think I would go Abushi, Saber, Tanahashi, Taichi. Okay. Okay. Then he also asks, also, is Sonata willing to fist bump to Gucci, a subtle sign of him feeling distant from LIJ? I,
0: again, I missed that whole fist bump, but I didn't take it as that. Did you take it as that?
1: No, I didn't. I just thought of it as, you know, Sonata, I don't know, trying to be a respectful competitor and thinking to on the up and up and to, to Gucci wasn't. Uh, so yeah, I don't think it has anything to play into the LIJ storyline. <sighs>
0: Final question here from Kyle Martin. He said, dude, is Albert the greatest individual tag team champion in New Japan history? Two reigns each over a year, two World Tag League victories, record number of defenses. What do you guys think? Uh, No. Hiroyoshi Tenzan is – I feel like that time when Matt Jackson's like, the young bucks are the greatest (laughs) – Uh, No, Hiroyoshi Tenzan is the single greatest tag team performer in the history of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, He's got 12 12 tag team reigns uh, combined over two different tag teams, um, adding up to 1,988 days. Um, He's got six reigns with uh, Kojima... And five with Chono, and yeah, uh, none of them are as long as Giant Bernard's like single longest reign. But like they they kind of destroy. Plus, Tenzan and Kojima are the only people to ever win the tag league in New Japan and in All Japan in the same year, and they won the tag leagues in both of those companies twice. So no, Tenzan is the best. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Then he also says uh, Speaking of which I might as well ask about Tomko I haven't seen him since I was a kid I remember he just appeared out of nowhere With Christian and Trish and then he followed Christian to TNA but do you guys know Anything about his New Japan run like was He even over because I still Remember him being spotlighted on the first Global impact show
0: To be honest with you I have no Recollection
1: I I, I think he sucked Yeah yeah Tomko I wish
0: I, I wish I had more insight but I don't
1: Hanka wasn't great in WWE or TNA, so I can't imagine him being great in New Japan.
0: And that's going to do it for the question. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> so moving on, we just have some quick other uh, news items here. So there was breaking news this weekend about a secret taping that was held in L.A. on Saturday called Lions Break Collision. Nine attended ten matches were reportedly taped in front of a closed set. Social distancing protocols were in place during the production. The wrestling the wrestlers on the show reportedly are All-American, including the NJPW debut of Tom Waller. Other talents would be Jeff Cobb, TJP, Rocky Romero, Clark Connors, Alex Coughlin, Car, Clark, Carl Fredericks, Mysterioso, and others. It remains to be seen how or when this footage will be used. And we have a question here from Viking Payne thoughts on filthy tom lawler in new japan
0: you know um i like this idea in theory but at the same time it sort of is like okay how often has new japan held one of these shows in america or elsewhere that gets like tape delayed and held like held off and then by the time it actually releases, it's way past the date, and then you don't even care about it anymore, and it holds no actual weight as to the ongoing stories in New Japan. Happens pretty often. This sounds like this might be part of that. I think it would be really, really cool. We, we've talked in the past about Filthy Tom Lawler having discussions with New Japan. Nothing ever came with it, came of it, and now suddenly COVID, they've got him on on uh, you know their show, which is really cool. I love filthy i think he's a a fantastic promo really great worker good look i think it's long overdue i'm glad he's uh you know getting a shot in some respects but ultimately i don't know how important the show even really will be i want to see it but i hope it's something that they announce like soon and then comes out like within a day with english
1: commentary so i can actually enjoy it right and i agree with you on filthy tom love his work in mlw and you know MLW, they were tweeting about you know filthy Tom making an, an agreement to uh, you know wrestle somebody I think from Japan or outside of MLW something like that. So they were kind of playing into this potential that M- that Lawler could be facing somebody outside of MLW. So it's probably true and this, this taping probably did happen. So yeah, I'm looking forward to his debut. I think he'd be a great guy to kind of have on that American circuit of guys of like TJP and Jeff Cobb and Mysterioso. Um, and uh, amazing red. So yeah, I think he would be a great pickup for that. Nice. And then uh, moving on, uh, Kadani Bushi Road, parent company for both New Japan and Stardom, uh, spoke to Sports Illustrated through a translator and said, "Put simply, either an end to the pandemic, or alternatively, establishing a strict and proper set of procedures for dealing with the virus, which we will ensure is implemented for the safety of our staff, performers, and fans." When it comes to decisions that we have had to be made regarding empty arena matches or bringing fans back to the building, it's absolutely new Japan pro wrestling's responsibility to assume a position of leadership um, so once again, just kind of seeing Bushiroad Road um, directors kind of you know wanting to be kind of in the, in the forefront of the pro wrestling world and how they're taking care of their staff and the wrestlers uh,
0: Then they need a test. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, speaking of uh, Taking care of wrestlers and tests Tiger mask is out of action With uh, diverticulitis um, Something that Brock Lesnar Has suffered with in the past so Hopefully tiger mask will get well Soon And then uh, the last thing here So um, there's been a lot of talk On the future of Luke Gallows And Carl Anderson the good Brothers um, and so TNA Impact Wrestling Whatever they, they call themselves nowadays For the 718 Slammiversary pay Per View, Have teased a lot of Former uh, WWE releases To be a part of that show Obviously no Drake Maverick as he has Resigned and signed the NXT Contract uh, but the, the thing with Gals and Anderson they're looking um, For what was described as two deals One which would be New Japan which would be their Main deal and the other would be A US deal and impact is in play for that U.S. deal. And then that would be their second deal kind of in between New Japan tours. Um, they can't actually do anything right now until mid-July because they're still under, um, you know, the no-compete nine-day deal with WWE. Um, but they legally could appear on Slamiversary if they make a deal uh, a few days beforehand.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um I've been listening to their talking shop podcast and they have been kind of discussing some of this stuff. So um, it does sound like they're probably going to be on that anniversary show. I don't know for sure. Uh, one has to wonder though, with the uh, bad blood between impact and new Japan, that wasn't helped at all with the recent ongoings of, you know, the access deal being cut short and everything of that nature. Um, whether new Japan would ever go for this sort of thing, but Gallows and Anderson do have that WWE kind of stroke, you know, that post WWE stroke on them, so they might actually be able to uh, work out a deal like this and kind of get that special treatment, similar to like Jericho or similar to like what Oak, uh, like Moxley has going. So yeah,
1: and plus, um, and plus Gato loves Carl Anderson. I mean, there were several talks. With Gato and he, he's you know Carl Anderson is his future star and you know obviously there's big plans that he had for Anderson before leaving for WWE. So I, I could see like you're saying letting Anderson and Gals kind of get the slide here and work with Impact if they wanted to.
0: Yep, and I think that is going to do it for the news, right?
1: Yeah, and that's going to wrap this. Sh- Actually, oh yeah, we got to do. Uh, we're bringing back the recommended match of the week since we finished the final countdown and we're no longer doing these kind of profile series on wrestlers um so now we're doing an official recommended matches the week segments again and young boy i believe you have a recommended match for us
0: yeah so strangely enough you actually mentioned it in the middle of the show i think it's one because it's a match that we remember very fondly i still feel like this is one of the most underrated uh new japan cup matches of all time it's one that I easily gave five stars when it happened, and I never I'd never see anyone give this thing five stars. Everyone kind of chickens out, goes the four and three quarters, four and a half. I I even see like fours and four and a, four and a quarter, but um, I'm telling you, man, this match is just incredible. It is from the New Japan Cup in 2018, night one, big Mike Elgin versus Tomohiro Ishii, the freaking
1: war. Oh, dude, I love that, match. I remember that so well because me, you, Rich, and James, we all watched that match together Yeah, um, at, at the old dojo and yeah, that was just an awesome match and just yeah, they were just going balls to the wall, that was a crazy matchup
0: yeah, it's a crazy match, so that is going to do it, that's my recommended match of the week
1: awesome, well that is going to wrap up this week's episode, keeping it strong style so good to be doing live New Japan coverage again, so next week we'll be back with uh, reviews of the first few nights of the New Japan Cup if you enjoyed today's show please consider making a donation by visiting socialsuplex.com slash donate and clicking on the donate button under the keeping it strong style logo make sure you connect with us on social media on twitter we are at ki strong style. you can follow me at Donovan. you can also follow us at Social Suplex on facebook we are facebook.com slash socialsuplex also in the Wrestling Scorch Circle Facebook group, facebook.com, slash group, slash Circle. On Instagram, we're at Social Suplex. On Reddit, I'm the Pro Black Guy. Y'all just keeping it strong style. You can join our Discord server, Social Suplex. You can email me, jeremy, at socialsuplex.com. Uh, make sure you check out all the other shows here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. On Sundays, we have One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. On Wednesday, we have The Return of the Ricky and Clyde wrestling show From Scotland So make sure you check that out We also have our podcast dedicated to independent wrestling Grown men watch this shit Hosted by Jeremy Tate and Chris Bryan On Friday, we have Get in the Ring with Danny and Beast Mike Saturday we have All Things Elite with Floyd and Austin Don't forget to subscribe And leave a rating and review We will catch you next week On Keeping It Strong Style The
0: Ace of
1: Podcasts